0: Magic Without Fears Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host Frater RC. For more and exclusive
1: episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Right. Bonjour, bonjour,
0: Madame et Mademoiselle avec Homme. Uh, Joe Zabinski <laughs> here, the author of a translation of a cool book from French. I mean, and the first time I last, the first time I saw you was maybe about 20 years ago. Now, it was probably 1999 at Temple Tahiti in Vancouver.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. Wow. That was a, that was a, my, probably one of my favorite times when traveling for the occult world was when I went to, was when I went to Vancouver
0: Yeah, that was a that was a good year at 99. And we did one 2001. And the one in between was in LA. Did you how was how was that for your first? uh, uh, How was that for a trip for you? Like, what are your memories of that? Like, I remember I was uh, so I was like 18, then uh, just graduated high school. Yeah. um, And just also gone in, gotten initiated that Easter of 99 in the portal. Um, oh, okay. you know, cause it's good, good idea to line up completing the GD in general, not for everyone, but in general, I think it's a good idea to line up completing the golden dawn with high school, just to get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fucking weird, right?
2: Fucking. <laughs> it, <just, laughs> it, it makes you into a strange person, I guess. I don't know. I went
0: to Walder school 13 years. I was already fucking weird.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. We do our, we do our math with colored coloring blocks. and yet somehow end up with higher proficiency at math and advanced math by high school I don't know how that works Steiner must have been some kind of colorful genius (laughs) like it's like what about logarithms how do we study those well on one watercolor do blue and on the other do red then do a third and mix them together like and that (laughs) that's how we understand like algorithms and advanced math he's like it'll get you there
2: yeah and and for some people it did yeah yeah there's like this there's this intuitive side there's this intuitive side to mathematics that like you only come across every once in a while right because like i I feel like at least in at least all the math education i've seen has been like it's been very mechanistic right Mm. like like you know this this is this is how numbers work they they you 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 combine them with these special rules and you can do all kinds of amazing things with them um but i mean it took I think I just I think I just understood that squaring a number is used in is it like it basically comes from geometry, right, and that that concept is just never, I never learned it everything was so straight mechanical um, that I never really learned a lot about applying it to uh, to everyday things, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so what was that like coming down to, to our temple in, in Vancouver where we had that crazy week-long events? I heard you on Esoterra Nerd on Edwards podcast talking about the intensity. You I loved it. It was great to hear you guys rest, reminisce about the intensity of our of our conclaves where we would, you oh, know, would be like a yeah, hundred magicians right. yeah. there for a week yeah. solid, 24-7, with the space to accommodate pretty much. I mean, it's it's cramped, it's so in some ways, but but in general, like no, like our both to Hootie and ISIS could easily accommodate 100 people, basically, mm-hmm. um, uh, if we'd gotten much larger. God, I don't know. And that was mm-hmm. uh, but but the other yeah, um, those were, were epic events. It was cool to hear you and Edward talking about how much work you're doing, how you guys would, would you know, we do stuff all day long and then it's like 2 a.m. But there's still more stuff you can do, especially right. if you're doing some like late night advanced stuff or yeah, if they haul out yeah. the Galactic circle.
2: Right, <laughs> Just depending on what you wanted to do. Um, yeah, I think, I, I feel like, I feel like Power Rig was really like, like it was a, it was a foreshortened and uh, more intense version of the way that, of the way that we used to teach magic generally, right? Which was that the, the, the idea was that as, as teachers, we had the intention of of advancing with the students, right? So as the students need to learn more stuff, the students, the teachers need to get better at what they're doing, so that so that there's like, so that basically like there's perpetual there's just like perpetual growth going on, right? But then how like how do you combine that with logistics of of a day, right? Like like you know because because as you know like like early on early on we would have we would have uh, the earlier stuff. Right. We would have the um, we, w- we would just have we would have events for grades that only had been there for a short time. And then as you go along, we're having more and more advanced things. But then it's like, you know, if you're already if you're already advanced portal, if you're already an adept, um, you, Well, you have to you have to go to the lower grade stuff because you're helping with that. You're like participating in that. Right. But then but then for your own for your own growth, like the only time left is like is like midnight or like 1 in the morning or something but i remember like my first um no. like like really like like my first strong successes with magic happened at those times when like um you know when it was like when it was like 2 in the morning and like it was just like like me and another person and this other person wanted to, wanted to do something like very, very specific, you know? Um, and I just, I just remember this feeling of being like, like just beyond exhausted, right? Like, like you just, you, you left, you left, you left the feeling of exhaustion behind like four or five hours ago. Oh right? yeah. And now you're just, you're just, now you really are like in an altered state. <laughs> because because you've just you've gone you're still conscious but somehow um, but 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 somehow you you shouldn't be anymore you know so you enter the like this sort of twilight state um, and it and in that twilight state was some of the ones, some of like the most like rip roaring stuff that that would happen but but you asked about um you asked about you asked about Vancouver and I think yeah. like I remember the the difference like the difference between the difference between like uh like the west coast like the california temple and the vancouver temple was that there was this
0: yeah, temple isis and temple to
2: right yeah um so like temp um temple to i remember that i remember just there being this vibe of um there is this very pure vibe that people wanted to uh, people genuinely wanted to do something amazing. Um, that's what it felt like to me, yeah. you know. Um, and 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 also, also there was sort of this there was sort of this audacity to it, right? Like, like I I don't know because I think I think like anybody who's dealt with Tehuti for any length of time like realizes what sort of What sort of god this is and what sort of power this is and just to be in the same room as that sort of power for for any amount of time like you have to have you have to be a little bit audacious you know what i mean um yeah it's not going to hurt you as long as you you know as long as you (laughs) i don't want to say play by the rules because that's 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 kind of missing the point but yes more um, nuanced yeah, it's more nuanced than that, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but as long as you engage in the right way, you know, you're not going to be hurt. But it's a little bit like, um, you know. But I, I think, I think even, even, even just going to Tehuti for Power Week, it was like there was always this. You know, it felt like, uh, it felt like there was a nuclear power plant somewhere in the building. You know.
0: Well, yeah, you had uh, several people who live there, you know, to pay the rent. A lot of people these days have uh, reached out and been like, hey, man, not everyone can be so lucky as to live in a temple and not have to pay for anything and just have everything given to them. It's like, oh, boy. Okay, we need to talk. Yeah. (laughs) You want to know what it's like to, as a spiritual discipline, be told, like, especially in Portal, uh, like that you have to sweep and mop 3,000 square feet every day for six months just for shits mm-hmm. and giggles. Even if someone else is doing it for some other event, you still have to do it first. <laughs> or like I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons with my friends in the, on the mountains of North Vancouver up where I, you know, a hot country. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's 1030. Get in my car, drive all the way downtown, hour of sweeping and mopping, whole thing. Fish black, no one's there, right? Drive back to my D&D game. Then like, you know, if I, or if here was another way I could do it, I could do it from 11 till 12, then this is if I had other plans or family events, then I can from 12 till one, do it again. So I could do it twice from 11 to 12, meet my discipline, which was fine. I was allowed to do that, uh, according to very own Fred or BSD. Um, it was about the discipline, not about, it's not that the place wasn't clean. It was like about me doing this discipline and also a chance to, for people to see me um, not just being some teacher person or, or in you know officer role robes on a dais especially in the year and a half I was a veiled adept right you know often outer order members don't know if someone's an adept until they're a hierophant right so that's um it's a good thing to see to to have people do do humbling work in that time work that doesn't just look humbling but is humbling by the sheer extremity of it whether it's cleaning or doing anything there's lots of obedience or projects um that that i think can really help alchemy in 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 a lot of ways
1: so Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and i mean um, i mean like we had that
0: we had that hardcore zealot attitude about our own great work there we didn't want to have anything handed to us we didn't make things easy on ourselves ever Um, Mm -hmm. we always pushed hard and i think that um that's why that's why it was such a good experience ultimately
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, and and like, everything, everything that you're talking about, it, it is, it's, it's maddening. It's also very valuable. You know, um, and so it was, you know, and it's like, you know, I remember doing, doing work like that. And it was, um, you know it it's sort of like there, there were times there were times where it would just kind of break your heart you know what i mean you were like because it was just so it was it it could be it can be like ego shattering you know oh yeah um but at the but at the same time it's like you you get so much out of it and then also there's this important there's an important grounding aspect to it right
0: like we're, we're talking salvia quagio again how do we get back here right <laughs> shatter the ego ground it down reform it in a purer way i mean yeah that uh, happened to me so many times there especially under bst as a mm-hmm. as a mentor um yeah yeah we were intense so i'm glad you felt that when you were there it was a cool place we had um in the heart of yeah. darkness of vancouver um, yeah <laughs> we definitely were the light in the darkness of that part of town there's a restaurant there now I look forward to going to it if ever they allow the unclean, unclean in <laughs> somewhere in the future someone like like you were saying with Edward on the podcast about being an author and how sometimes things outlive you whether you like it or not when you're an author or, or do any writing um, uh, yeah. these podcasts also will probably outlive us so I, I can imagine right. in the future someone watching this being like what does he mean? Why couldn't you go to a restaurant because he's unclean? And it's interesting historiography. I, I noticed this a lot in grad school uh, when I was you know, learning hermeneutics and, and, and the, the interpretation methodologies that often we lose track of when we don't um, look at things in the right context with the right understanding. In the future, someone might not even know what we're talking about. I can imagine people in the future not knowing what we're talking about, about mm-hmm. not being able to go into a restaurant or something like that like a lot of my friends can't go to movies now here anymore for whether it's religious reasons or they are trusting their doctors over the government um whatever it is there's a a lot of people in that uh situation Mm. so um i wonder how that this time will be viewed in the future a little tangent there but hey i'm mercurial just like bt so um (laughs) what can i say aquarius we were in an aquarius temple hey like founded by Nineveh Shadrach who was a Virgo and then we had the first adept was was AMO who was a Gemini then BST Bull um, you you probably remember who these people are hopefully but Mm -hmm. a lot lot of them yeah yeah and then Bull uh, was a was a Aquarius of course then Martin who now runs Zaleski's order uh, was Aquarius then I was an Aquarius and then we had and Karen, but she never stayed at Tahiti. She went straight over to open a temple in Sweden, of course, with, mm-hmm. with what's his name, S.I. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had a Gemini and a Libra. <laughs> so oh, it was very, okay. vir- we are, the, de- the adepts that came up to Hootie were, uh, that stayed. Karen was a Taurus, so she didn't stay. Um, she couldn't have, she couldn't have stayed. We don't want any earth signs at our temple. No, air or bust. <laughs> Virgo. Gemini, Aquarius, 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 uh, Gemini, Libra. Those were the adepts <laughs> of Temple Tehuti. <to> <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so maybe that that was the part of the intensity was all that air and Tiferet just like mm-hmm. burning a hole in the place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any other cool memories from the 99 or how long did you end up staying, uh, sticking around Pomsey after uh, Tehuti closed in 2003?
2: Oh man, Uh I, I honestly I, I'm not I'm not sure offhand like how many how many years I was there after ninety-nine. I mean at least five.
0: Oh yeah. I'm so you say. were yeah something like that. Did you go through five, six in in the order? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, was that a good experience?
2: Yeah uh, as good as it gets.
0: As good as it gets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uhti, I closed to Hootie before the things got really crazy. I mean, we we spoke out right we spoke out uh, we thought that maybe uh, it would work and people would listen because of what was going on with the you know who with the he who shall not be named was Mm so absurd it's like just let's toss this dude he's just holding everyone back yeah (laughs) we thought that might be the case that might be what happened but that didn't happen and so be it
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and uh, I haven't seen you since so it's so cool to reconnect them. Um, and really obviously cool. Canada rubbed off on you because you went ahead and translated a book from the 1700s in French. Yeah. So you, the Canadian, uh, en français, uh, clearly rubbed off on you. Or did you speak French before? You must have.
2: So, okay. So so my origin story when it comes to French translation is in high yeah. school. So actually, so I live I live in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, which is, um, it's like this, it is a... Secret bastion of uh, of French Canada. Um, in the in the late eighteen hundreds, um, many Quebecois were brought here to uh, to work in the factories. Um, and you know, there's still there's still factory buildings everywhere. If you ever want to look it up in Winsocket, there is a museum called the Museum of Work and Culture that, um, that highlights the Quebecois migration and, and, and why it is that there's so many uh, that there's so many uh, French Canadian descendants in Woonsocket. Um Anyway, I went to high school here, and uh, I went and my I went to a, a Catholic high school, and there was a um, there was an old folks home right next door. Um, and in starting, I, it must've been my sophomore year. There was, there was an option. Uh, you could take, you could take like the, the formal religion class, or you could, uh, or you could do charity work and it was, it was up to you what you wanted to do. Um, and the charity work actually sounded really great because, um, because my, I, I came from a, uh, I come from, a pious Catholic family. And so, uh, you know, I would learn all the same things over again in religion class, or so my sophomore self was thinking, or I could just do charity work and charity work sounded great. So, um, so I signed up for that. And uh, it turned out to be um, reading to the elderly at, an old, at the old folks home next door. Um, so I went there. And, uh, the, you know, I, I remember I, the very first, the very first lady that I read to, um, all her books were in French and, uh, she spoke, she spoke broken English, but she didn't have any English literature. Right. And at the time I was taking like this French one class, um, cause the school also taught French. And so I had this like accelerated French education with this, like, 85 year old, um, French Canadian lady. Wow. Um, and so that's why, you know, that's how I picked up. That's how I picked up reading French. And so for the next three years, like I just, I, I went back and I would read to various, various elderly and I got better and better at it. Um, and for whatever reason, like I didn't, they never expected me to, to like, to, um, converse with them in French uh but they often would explain to me what what everything meant that i was reading and so that's how i initially it my first education in french was a translation education and so and it just you know it it, it has always been a translation education
0: uh incredible (laughs) damn that's so cool and so so what uh, i know you talked a little bit about the book your book um with edward but um Mm -hmm. before uh we uh, dive into the weeds maybe you can tell those people who only listen to the first 15 minutes of a podcast what you're more about your book because <laughs> it is quite a, a a cool little achievement and sure uh, yeah and certainly not little and uh I'm sure it's worth the the 72 dollars Ouroboros is charging for it it looks like a beautifully done book and they have a I think they have a really good reputation I don't know if they have the best who ha- who's the one that has the best reputation is it anathema Who's the one that's, that's always getting strange That's a good question, yeah, I guess. There's I guess a couple that, that are on... super high quality these days, right?
2: Right, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Anathema has, I mean, there's a lot of them out there now. You know, there's like, there's Anathema, yeah. there's Haitian Press, there's hey, all kinds of things.
0: <laughs> we um, live in the best time to be magicians probably since ancient Egypt and probably still better than that because let's face it, technology is sort of nice.
2: Yeah, I mean, like right now, it's, I, I was just, so I was just thinking about that. In the last, in the last five years, I think I've delved heavily into Cipriana heavily into, I've gotten heavily into like a a Gripen style astrological magic. Really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like that, sorry. Oh yeah. Um, But my, my, and my only, my only point there is like, things are basically at our fingertips right now. Like you can just, you can just go and go and go. Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, now we got all the proper god forms for the initiations, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, we didn't, but until uh, you know, I mean, we didn't for a long time. I, uh, most people, I think, most orders use the neophyte god forms for all the initiations because that's mm-hmm. what Regardi mm-hmm. published. It wasn't until ninety four that that uh, Zaleski put out the privately printed um, proper god forms for all the grades, and then that's in, right. Uh, and, and it's then, so much. It's so and then much. Then twenty ten. 16 yeah. years later, he released those publicly in the, in the, in this, um, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and orders can now use the proper God forms.
2: I sometimes feel like we're never, I, I, I feel like, I feel like scholarship regarding the original golden con is still very much ongoing.
0: Well, until, until it. Fuller writes his masterpiece, hopefully, you know, I would like him to, I wish he had the time to do the definitive everything, you know, just like do a, mm-hmm. do a, equinox size full everything that's proper mm-hmm. and, and correct and historical showing that the historical tr- uh, developments and variations because pretty much oh, only, sure, yeah. only only dr fuller i think in the gd world has the technical wherewithal to do that as well as access to the documents i mean mm-hmm. it's really it's like what skinner's done with so many grimoires in the solomonic tradition i mean it means that a third of the books are probably a third of like techniques of Solomonic magic is just charts and tables of manuscript editions. But the rest of this, what that allowed him to be, the conclusions that allowed him to draw are just so valuable, even, even though you have to put up with a bit of uh, academia in the process of going through. Sure. Book. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, and like, it, in, in my opinion, it's, it's entirely worth it to get into the weeds with yeah. stuff like this, you yeah. know, because you just, you just draw so much fruit out of it. Um, I mean, you know, that being said, like that, that was probably a major impetus for translating the dictionary. Um, you know, it it was a, it was a dictionary that was, um, so, so it's, it's written by a guy named Dom Antoine Joseph Pernetti. Um, he was a monk living in the 18th century, um, a monk, you know, a, um, also, and obviously, also a writer. Uh, if you ever, if you ever look up his work, he has. I mean, it's it's just as much. Um, you know, he has like travel writing. He has uh, uh, alchemical alchemical writing, um, but what he was specifically interested in was this idea that uh, he was like he was kind of a he was, he was almost an early synergist. Um, because he was interested he was interested in the uh the amalgamation of ideas so
0: syncretist um, you mean right yes
2: yeah. yes
0: did i say synergist that that that's a that's a that's a stephen covey thing <laughs> yeah <it's totally laughs> that different. would be like yeah. um <laughs> i'm yeah. sure there's a joke there anyway yeah <laughs> but it, it makes sense anyway yeah so yeah. he's an early syncretist sort of of the lullian tradition i guess because Raman Lulla was quite a famous syncretist as well in the mm-hmm. 1300s mm-hmm.
2: yeah he he Um, he was into this idea that the, uh, that the, like that Roman and Greek mythology had a reflection in alchemical process. Um, and you know, the longer, the longer I go along on this occult journey, the, the more I could see why you would come to that conclusion. Um, there's, I mean, like, you know, I was just reading. Um, actually, there's another. There's another book that is, that's published by Ouroboros Press. Um, it's called Alchemy: The Poetry of Matter, um, and it's it's written by this fantastic alchemist by the name of Brian Cotnoir. Um, and in it, he has a he has a translation from he has he has a translation from the earliest form of the Emerald Tablet.
0: Um, the Arabic. Eh?
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and he yeah. take
2: he so he takes directly from me he takes directly from the arabic um and he points you know and he points out that like right you know right in the emerald tablet it says um here i can tell you exactly what it says because Lord it's right God. sitting on my coffee table um his father is the sun and his mother is the moon the wind carries it in your belly the earth nourishes it Father of Talismans, Treasure House of Wonder, Perfection of Powers. Um, it says Father of Talismans. It says Father of Talismans, and there's no, there's no like, there's no hemming and hawing about that because I mean, it's it's
0: that's the Arabic word they use. That's the Arabic
2: is? word that they use, yeah. um, you know. And so, and so there's this even, even in the you know, even in a foundational document like like the Emerald Tablet, it is, um, it's, it's both a magical and an alchemical text at the same time. Um, so you see the syncretism like, like way, way early. Um, and so and so I could see why why Pernetti would come up with an idea like this. Um, anyway, he draws out this idea in what's what's considered to be his what's considered to be his masterwork, which is the Greek and Egyptian fables unveiled. Um, it's, it's this enormous encyclopedic work. Where basically he goes through, um, he goes through Roman mythology uh, and like all various forms of Greek mythology. So not not only the not only the Olympian pantheon, but also the um, you know he he gets he starts to talk about the uh, the characters from the Trojan War. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different aspects of classical mythology that he gets into, and for all of these different characters and all of these different stories. He relates all of them to various alchemical processes. Um, basically, he takes, he takes the alchemical concepts of uh, fermentation, albification, and rubification, right? The black, the white, and the red, and relates it to mythology. Um, the work that I did is actually, it's from this vast appendix to the Greek and Egyptian fables on unveiled, um, and it's this. Uh, so, it's a vast appendix, but it's actually it's actually a shortened, more compact version of his multi-volume work, right? Okay. Um, so the so the dictionary uh, the dictionary doesn't have Pernetti like going on at length about this stuff. He he's a little less wordy in um, in the dictionary. Hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's a that's, that's what you a, did. That's what I did. That's a, yeah. that's a good, that's a C to it.
0: Amazing. Yeah. What a, what a, what a thing to uh, put out there. Thank you. Um, sure. I look forward to checking it out and it's still uh, available from Ouroboros for people who want to go get it. When did it come out?
2: Uh, so it came out
0: Is it a few years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 2000. I want to say 2019, but mm, 2018, 2019. Very recently.
0: <laughs> Sometime between 68 and 70. <laughs> um, what are you, are you working on something else? Uh, new, some, a new book?
2: So uh, I, I, there's so many projects that they're are all.
0: Busy summoning spirits.
2: There, not, I mean, that's just one project among many, right? Yeah. Um, there's, so one of the things, so I mentioned, I mentioned a, uh, a keen interest in astrological magic. Yeah. um and one of the things that i'm working on is a so i'm kind of working on this like extensive deep review of three books of occult philosophy
0: yeah so, are you excited about the eric purdue uh, yeah
2: yeah i mean it, it's 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 funny because it's um apparently it's, like, it's on the
0: watch list for like the fbi or cia or something cool yeah
2: someone why war-
0: someone warned me of that uh, probably, probably something to do with you know the 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 Lucifer ruffical teen slayings in England uh, by uh, E. A. Quetting's follower, that that eighteen year old kid who killed those two girls. I mean, occult oh, occult geez. crimes have. Caused some international stir now. So like this mm-hmm. kid went and killed those two girls specifically because of the things EA Quetting suggested he do on live streams and channels. And I, I checked out a couple of his live streams and I was like skeptical. And it's like, oh no, he totally does recommend hurting and killing people um, to Uh-oh. make packs with them. He absolutely uh, calls for viol- you to do violence against others because if it's your will and it's just repulsive shit. <clears throat>
1: yeah. yeah. I, so um, that
0: would, that would, that would probably cause a few books to go on the list so they can keep track of who reads them. Like, you know, full seven style like that. Uh, that's how they catch the guy in seven. Right. They see who. Each- oh, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, what's, his, what's that? Wonder. What's that black actor with the really grating voice that no one likes to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Actually, what is his name? Come on. He plays God all the time.
2: Oh, uh, oh morgan freeman yeah
0: morgan freeman yeah, yeah. isn't he in that yeah. he's, uh, he's the one who figures it out right he finds out in seven who's checking out these books he gets it back you know the libraries aren't meant to give out that information but they give it to him he can cross reference who's checking out these specific texts he goes to the guy's address and they find his home so i so haven't I guess, seen
2: it in a long time and i don't remember so therefore you only need to see it once you're probably right <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's pretty hard actually i actually have i have um I have something to say about, about about the approach of um of of murdering people for occult advancement. Um, but we can don't do it. That.
0: It doesn't work. That's not what it's about. I don't know. I can think of a lot of things to say about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean well, okay. I mean, so I don't so think that, it's gonna
0: advance in, you in any way except no, in that I mean, hell that's, or some that's, tormenting.
2: That's, that's basically where I wanted to go, was just yeah. a, it was just that like If you were, so, okay. So there are some, um, it's debatable as to whether this is a good idea, but there are some things that darker powers are capable of that other powers may not be so, whether they're capable of it or not, they're not famous for it. Um, And those darker power, but those darker powers, like they don't, the uh, the concept of sin to me, is a human one, right? Where these, where these darker powers, they're not. I have yet to meet, and I, you know, you could you could disagree because this is this is a. Ho- I'm sure that this is a this can be a hotly debated thing. Um, but for all the darker powers that I have ever met, I have never met one that had in mind. destruction of my soul they they're they're there they're hanging out um they're you know and you can it is possible to negotiate with them um and the way that things go may not be very much to your liking but they have nothing personally against you or for you so to appease them by murdering people it's just not going to work because they don't really care about whether you murder somebody or not mm. what's your opinion on that yeah well i wasn't expecting to get into such dark territory but <laughs> you, you haven't
0: listened much to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well i don't even know if you knew i uh, existed or was out there um you know um, until I saw your face on Edward's podcast, I was like, who's Joe Zabinski? Do I know him? Edward was asking me. And then I started, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you. I
2: totally know that guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. We had good times together. I, I don't yeah. think we ever got to spend as much time together back in the day as I would have liked mm-hmm. um, or as we would have liked. And that was the case with most people. I mean, to this day, I never got to spend as much time, especially when you get higher up in, 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 an, in an order you're so busy keeping it going and running it and making sure things happen that you don't have yeah. as much time to hang out. And it's like, it's like, it's like Creed Braden says on the office, says on the office, I've been a number of member of a number of cults, both as a leader as a, and as a follower, you make more money <laughs> as a leader, but you have more fun as a follower.
1: <laughs> so
0: maybe I should have just stayed in the lower grades longer and, and, I, and just had, had a good time with all the awesome people that I met. Cause I've yeah. never to this day been a part of anything it had a cooler group of people, that a more interesting and more lovely group yeah. of people. The the bad eggs were few and far between in my experience, mm-hmm. um, and didn't mm-hmm. stick around long because they were like, oh, I don't really fit in with these nice guys, nice folks.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah I if mean, you,
0: if you want to get up to like some fucked up shit, it's like mm-hmm. people around you aren't going to cheer that on at all, right. at all. So right. you're not going to really have much commonality there if that's what you're thinking.
2: I think I think that really speaks to, um, you know, when I, I think a big reason why. So so after after I left the order, like I I became very much, um, you know, I became so so solo that I became like like very isolated, um, and I think a big reason why I became so isolated was just because I was in mourning for losing so many friends, you know. Um, And I think that, but, but, but I mean, like looking back on it, I mean, I think that the reality was that I never lost, I never lost any friends. It was just that when you left something like this order, this is how you were expected to behave, you were expected to just like, like kind of fall off the face of the earth. Um, That
0: was, that was all, yeah, that was, that was one of those many bad things to do with zinc. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, my mom and sister, for example, were considering leaving to join Martin's order and, and zinc, you know, tried to pull that thing where he's like, well, if they do, you can never talk to them again. And I was like, okay, this is fucked. And that's when, that's when things, that's when, that was the beginning of the end for, for the Canadian affiliation with the American order um, because people just, we just weren't, you know, we didn't have to deal with a lot of that stuff most of the time because we were up in Canada doing our own thing. And even if we were, you know, even if some bad recommendations came down the chain, we could just not follow them and no one would know. It's like, who wants to go up to fucking Canada? Um, but when when Zink lived in uh Seattle, he was closer and I was going there a lot often to rewrite. I rewrote all the grade material up through Theoricus. It never got released because to who he left, I left, and I had I was demonized, of course. So those really beautifully rewritten grade books that I did never saw got off his computer. Unfortunately, um, I did a lot of work on that. Um, I would have loved to finish it. At least then, when they all got leaked onto the internet, they would have been slightly higher quality, right? Right now, <laughs> now, now, when I look at those old grade like I have to cross out half the stuff in them because it's like slightly wrong or, or just or really wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of the stuff isn't, of course, but, but, but you know, you'd have to, if you don't know, I wouldn't rely on that, that material. I mean, anyway. um, Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the whole um losing everyone was, was really rough, you know? Yeah. Losing your family, losing your friends. And yeah, that, but that was the sign that, that things were going a bad way. So, so, yeah. So too bad they didn't get rid of him when the, when that was, when it was really obvious in back in 03 that they should have.
2: Well, I mean, if, he, if it was the sort of thing where it was like people had such people were such zealots right they we were so because i mean i mean this was the sort of this was the sort of outlet where where if if you wanted to make a spiritual discipline out of mopping the floor you had a family who supported you in that right we supported each other in some pretty freaking extreme behavior you know um extreme in a good way. i think I think that I think that all of us experience tremendous spiritual growth in each other's company. Um, yeah. but with that with that comes um, you know with with the willingness to to go to extreme sorts of behavior, there's also this willingness to put up with a lot of things that that are unhealthy for you to put up with. you yeah. know all because you don't want to, all because A, you don't want to damage, you don't want to damage your relationship with the rest of your spiritual family. Um, and also B, because you're trying to approach this with as little ego as you can, right? Like, like you know, there's so much, there's so much humility to it. Um, and even, even when you're seeing, you know, even when you're seeing like blatant crimes being committed, you you don't want to step back, step in the way because you're too humble to step in the way <laughs> you know until 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 you hit a point until uh until you're pushed to an edge and you can't get away from that edge anymore
1: yeah
2: um yeah, yeah.
0: So, so yeah, so I, yeah, I know I vanished like you did and was very focused on myself for a while I worked with a close friend and, and, uh, did some more magic with my sister for a few years after two closed, but then, then went full on into bardic bardic pursuits in Ireland and, uh, oh, doctoral, really? doctoral studies. Oh yeah. Um, oh. actually Dr. Tony Fuller, you know, um, ha- mm-hmm. and I had the same doctoral mentor well, the same Dr. Fata, uh, Nicholas Goodrick Clark. Wow. Exeter. Okay. But I was based over in the UK and Belfast um, and Ireland and, and uh, touring a lot, right? So I was part-time and then, then Nicholas died and then I got sick at the same time. So it was like, never finished that. But, but it's cool that, uh, that I, I had if I had gone to actually the campus, if I decided to go on campus for it, which doesn't really make that much sense when you're doing a research PhD, which most of them were pretty much, no, no classes. Mm-hmm. But if I had been on campus, I would have been around. Doctor Fuller actually encountered him wow. back in like '05 to '09. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, sometimes I wonder if I if I did the wrong thing. But at the same time, I got to become a bard and learn all the instruments and play music. I play illin pipes, low whistle, high whistle, Irish flute, eight string lute, fifteen, twenty one string Renaissance cool. round back guitar, bass. You know, a bunch of yeah. a lot of stuff and yeah. tons of albums. Learned how recording, sound engineering, and touring works. Like yeah yeah so that was cool and it definitely uh um sort of led me back into the celtic mysteries and and that whole uh, mm-hmm. magical world that was my doorway back into the hermetic stuff so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's been my journey okay <laughs> now we're fully caught up
2: yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> right now we know everything yeah
0: yeah you know yeah throwing a divorce terminal illness uh failed degree and uh many years touring with a band that was that's the last 20 years there you go
2: so where are you now?
0: i um, in Vancouver. Yeah, I was in California teaching for 14 months uh, up until COVID and then stuck there for a while. And then I got myself back to Canada uh, on the one day they said they would let me pass through the border without going into one of those COVID jail hotels that they mm-hmm. like to throw people into, rob and rape them, <laughs> go Canada like i'm sorry man that's i wish it wasn't true but it's true and so you know we got to mention that stuff so maybe when it happens again people are like actually no no Mm. no we're not going to do that so you've been involved in uh cyprianic stuff
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: tell me about that i'm very curious about that everyone's it seems to be all the rage
2: it does seem to be all the rage which is why which is why i first became curious in it in the first place uh just because it was like this it was, it was something that I didn't know anything about. And I was like, well, why, why are people so into this? Um, so. Uh, yeah. I'd love
0: it if you could tell me.
2: <laughs> I mean, so, I okay. Like,
0: Stephen so, so, Miller so, just sent out an email blast called summon demons with church things, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's interesting. Uh, no wonder the Catholic church is probably petitioning the CIA to put us all on watch lists. <laughs>
2: okay so uh all right have you ever worked with a saint before oh yeah okay great um so a lot of people and i i I don't know whether you agree with me on this but um a lot of people find that with with saints they you know they were once living human beings like like yourself and so they have a um they have a perspective that um that is, isn't easily come by, um, you know. When you work with, uh, so I, I mean, I mean the the biggest the biggest thing that I can compare that I can compare it to is with with angels. Uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of the time I find that when I'm working with angels, they have a um, it's a wonderful thing to work with angels. Um, my preference they have sure. they have this uh almost it fe- sometimes it feels so foreign and it feels so almost th- they almost feel like androids or um um they just feel very not of this world I'll put it that way
0: I like the android word actually okay um it makes you know uh since covid i let's be less specific um I've I've gotten a lot into in the recent years into uh, into uh, some ritual entheogenic exploration, especially with DMT and things like that. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: we have uh, a lot of stuffs legal in Canada: peyote, five, oh, Me- sure. five, meo, all those sort of mm-hmm. things. We have three mushroom dispensaries on the street I live on now. Whoa. Yeah, and so like now the prices are dropping. You can get like the super uh, psychedelic mushrooms here for like way less than you used to because we have so many there's like 20 dispensaries probably in vancouver now for mushrooms that opened up in the last few months <laughs> yeah yeah kombucha infused it's crazy Tea bags. Wow. this is the wonderland is next door it's like alice wonderland design everyone's like what do they sell there and you go and you're like are they fucking selling mushrooms it's like yes they are <laughs> they're like yes and they have every kind you can imagine in tea bags and chocolate and vegan gluten-free dairy-free chocolate like everything <laughs> all the stuff it's like yeah
2: that's amazing
0: Trudeau's found the answer to staying in power forever, just uh, go full on Brave New World, drug up the population, and we will be too uh, stoned and psychedelic out to uh, ever dethrone him.
2: That's the secret. A lot of drugs.
0: Isn't that, that is the Brave New World thing, right? And uh, it's, it, versus 84. 1984 is like, they're going to control us through, uh, you know, the truth thing, and uh, like right speak and brave new world is they control us through drugging us up right
2: i think so we're, we're we it's we we, that... we
0: clearly learned how to combine the two quite well so far so we're going to we're yeah, going to see more of that
2: yeah so but but um you were saying you were saying that you were working with entities in
0: in those realms the like the, cuz they appear so much more physically to you especially in, in something like DMT um mm-hmm. you get a fuller perhaps spectrum of whatever these beings are um, yeah. and I'm not a subscriber to the thought, to the argument that it's all happening just inside your head, um, with the chemicals that, that the drugs are just the chemicals, which is something I know, uh, something, uh, it's probably one of the only areas where I sort of disagree with David Himesmith, um, cause he thinks it limits to your head. I do believe that psychedelics and entheogens are not the same doorway, uh, that you find in magical and spiritual traditions sometimes. Um, I do think if anything, they're more, it's more like maybe more like the pineal glands, a doorway into the macro. Um, and, but if the science hasn't figured that out yet, for example, here's an interesting thought experiment. So like David Himesmith, if he's right, then he's right. But if science comes along as like, okay, no, these things are objectively there. We're just can't experience them without this key to this doorway in our brain. But once, once that key is put in that lock, whether it's through dmt or peyote or whatever it is um then we're in that realm we're somewhere else it's something else we don't but we do know it's like beyond our head the science might just dis- might discover mm. that we might discover that sometime in the future sure i mean uh, i can't i am sure they i think they already think that's what it is otherwise i don't know why they would do, be doing extended state dmt experiments putting people down for eight hours And then, you know, going back to this, finding ways to go back to the same realm so different people can go to the same place, talk to the same being, um, which they have been doing for a long time. It's just, you know, sort of hush hush. Um, I mean, it's a little bit too mind-blowing to really (laughs) announce to the public yet, I think. Yeah. But they seem more Android-like is the point. Um, Like they have their programming. They come across in this, in this sort of interesting way and uh they really don't seem to like technology from my experiences though that could just be certain beings in certain realms Mm, yeah
2: yeah. um so i mean one thing one thing i've definitely found with uh you know with working with angels is, is 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 one you know it's 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 really interesting because it's like there's this part of you that that just becomes ecstatic um And it's not just because hey I contacted something. It's it's due to the presence of the angel. Um, They just they 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 lift you up tremendously as just by them being there. Um, And and in my opinion, that's probably one of the biggest reasons to work with angels is because like you get this. It's almost like a radiation that just that raises you. asking working with them in a magical sense to get something done i have always found that angels like they will they get it done probably eventually they're going to be very gentle about it and they're going to be um and everything is going to work out for everybody uh that's that's what i've that's what i found when it works at all it will work gently um okay so so that's that's just that's there's my experience on angels um and when you say angels
0: there just a quick one would that include would you include like more slightly quote-unquote chthonic angels like maybe the enochian ones or are you talking more of archangels higher angels
1: because
0: a lot of people would also class spirits and intelligences as angels Oh sure, uh, yeah.
2: I mean, I think I think um, Enochian angels start to get really weird, right? So this I is, think this it's because
0: is... they're in Malkuth. I think they're Yetzir, like they're in the Yetzira of Malkuth. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's a one placement that would sort of make sense. Like they're kathonic, terrestrial, and just you know they're they're right help making reality and influencing individual little decisions like they have very especially the smaller spirits have very precise things that they can do it seems
2: yes right but they they still the the interesting thing is they still have this like weird like i i don't have another word for it other than like radiation or radiatory Mm. uh, aspect to them so so bigger so like archangels like like michael like rafael um they they have that a lot of it and when you um and when you when you work with them once you once you get close to them once you sense them you'll you'll experience that um Enochian angels also have that and the trick is with Enochian angels that you can you can use that so um and you can so you can use their radiatory aspect by itself where all they need to do is just be there in the right circumstances, and you can change the um, you can change the atmosphere or you can change the charge, whatever it is you're doing. So, for example, um, a good way to so there's a there's a back door to zodiacal forces. Um, the back door is to, or I'm sure there's there's lots of backdoors, but. There's a backdoor. There's a backdoor to zodiacal energy. Um, the the front door to to zodiacal stuff is just to invoke the zodiacal force directly. Um, the backdoor is to uh, to bring in an element generally, right? So let's say that like you're you're looking to invoke Sagittarius, for example, you would first bring in uh, you first bring in fire, um, and then you and you would. If you're going to do it the golden dawn way then you would um you know you would use you would use what's done in the philosophist initiation to bring in fire um after that you go to you do um, the great opening yeah 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 after that you go to the spe- there's a specific so there's three kings right for each tablet each king is can be associated with a particular zodiacal force. Um, I, I don't know if this is written down or not, but there's, there's cardinal fixed and mutable um, for each of the kings. Um, in other words, in other words, you know King one is cardinal, King two is fixed, et cetera. So what you do from there is you pray to whoever the king is, whose force you're interested in, And just that, or you pray to God through the Enochian angel. So, and when you do that, that just that prayer brings in the presence of the that Enochian king specifically. So what happens is the um what happens is like like that king, since he's part of the cardinal sign of fire, or if it's Sagittarius, the mutable sign of fire, just him coming in. His presence, since you've already invoked fire, you transform that whole temple into a Sagittarian temple because that Anakian king is present.
1: Mm.
2: So it's just that, like that, just that that power of radiation, you can use it with angels to 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 tweak your work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure uh, uh, Tabby must talk about that in her relatively new Enochian book that she's put out. She must cover uh, oh, all of those nuances of the GD methodology because yeah. that's that's what that stuff is. Yeah. No, I've been ex- uh, working now for last, uh, well, since doing uh, Jason Newcomb's uh, masterclass where I got to some exposure to both Scott Michael Stenwick and also Aaron Leach teaching the purist method. I've been since then since covid exploring the purest method of d Enochian magic or angelic magic and oh, it's been sweet. very interesting yeah we've been doing a lot um i mean like this is the first sigil that that uh that we made and you stand on the sigils right you stand on them while you're working with it it's the only grimoire in history where you stand on the sigil of the spirit mm-hmm. you're invoking so this is a uh, it's got some markings on it from my feet of course um but but there you go for karmara and haganel um, and of course, Aaron Leach would have the Venus addition there, but but that's uh, again, you can there's there's variations and debates that are unsettled, therefore leaving room to play like the coloring there uh, I did based on my connection, asking questions of Karmar and Hagenel. Um, nice. of what colors because they're the King of King and Prince of Princes of the Heptarchyal system, and not explicitly really. Determined by the colorings of the planet and day they rule over all of them and therefore it can be called anytime did another operation with a friend on Friday with them and then on Sunday uh, one for uh, born Ago and. Uh, the Sunday King and uh, yeah it's a wow. it's an interesting thing to do the purest system it's a lot of praying and it's yeah. uh, but it's also fun to be able to tell my students like when they when they when they say oh I've, after we did it I forgot to do a LBRP that night it's like yeah that's fine neither did D. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. are you worrying about right, um, right i mean this is you know you can bring in that stuff into the purist approach like and and working on some fusions and seeing some effective crossovers with golden dawn methodology and purist methodology is something i'm i'm exploring because again mm-hmm. we're sort of results oriented right as yeah. pure magicians and not sort of religionist ideological uh magicians um mm-hmm. we want we want to see what it what we can do with it and mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. uh so, yeah, that's some interesting stuff. Um, lots of prayers. Lots of praying. Yes. To Jesus. So, listen up, E.A. Quetting, who thinks it's a black magic system and they're evil angels just disguised as good angels by D to hide them from the church. Nonsense. The Enochian <laughs> system, in its pure angelical form, as I like to say, runs on Jesus juice. Mm-hmm. So, if, if, you, if you can't play nice with Christ, even in the context of that system sincerely it's probably not for you yeah um, you know there's lots of other magical systems that aren't actually explicitly fueled by jesus christ but Enochian magic is one of them mm. you can't you can't go on all dr skinner on it and be like oh they were these prayers were added later no
2: right it just it jesus was there from the get-go with that one
0: and when we talk about safety with these things like you brought up earlier uh I think the prayers are the safeguards because like mm-hmm. if, if people say Enochian magic is dangerous, my only thought is like, well, not in my experience ever in my experience. And I've been doing this stuff since the early nineties. And, um, but I am pretty sure that if every night before you went to bed, you rang a bell, lit a candle and recited both the Enochian calls, just them and said, I summon all spirits and went to bed. I'm pretty sure shit might get fucked up for you
2: yeah probably if that's all
0: you did. If you right. just did that, yeah, you're probably just uh, becoming a playground of forces you cannot control, as we used to say. right,
2: right yeah <laughs> and I think I think that like, that's honestly, what you just said that's the that's the only thing that I've ever seen in the occult that's been like, you know, just just working different working different systems, exploring the results from each from all of those systems, blah blah blah. The only thing that it, that could be considered dangerous was just, you get into some really mind-bending states. And if you're not, and if, if you have like, you know, if you have any mental health problems, um, you could run, I could see how you could run into some issues.
0: Oh yeah, magic is, uh, I think, I've never heard anyone say that magic is a good idea if you have um, imbalances in brain chemistry or mental health. Like yeah. I'm sure you could work it cautiously but I I would definitely I think you definitely would want to be doing it in consultation with a therapist that understands the kind of things you're doing um because we we often are intentionally shattering our minds or to use Lon decats uh uh, saying that you know the 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 purpose of summoning a demon is to cause a nervous breakdown I mean that's a highly psychological model, of course, but, but I get, we all get his point, right? We all get his point, right? We, we work with things to, to, to unearth the, the, the dross in our being that needs to be, you know, purified and, and improved, which is why, again, I say that, like, why you'll find initiates, those who do magic and the initiatory path, because the two are not synonymous. Um, uh constantly dealing with greater and greater challenges that seem almost absurd to to the average person who who avoids challenges and and seeks happiness and joy and abundance right you know just they want to most people just want to have a happy fun life I guess but you know magicians are like hey I'm doing really well let's see what sort of shit we can stir up and work with in ourselves that uh I might not even be aware I have within me because i'm still alive i'm still imperfect we're always forever sinners let's let's see what you know, we're just digging deeper and deeper into our own the depths of our own being to uh right. yeah. to to, un, to unmask more and more those vestiges of the false self and see the true
2: yeah you're like totally yeah yeah that's that's exactly why that's exactly why it's because it's it's because and it's like this you have to dig you have to continue to transform um, you have yeah. to continue to transform and like the, the main the main thing that has kept me in magic so hard for so long is that I is that I just want to understand um i want to understand what I am who i am i want to but more importantly I want to understand what's happening around me um i want to understand the world and and my place in it like it's it's like it's, like, it's that basic yeah. um i still don't feel like i completely understand
0: i should yeah. hope not <laughs> <laughs> hey uh net for you know we see only in part but when the fullness comes you know that line from saint paul is just uh pretty dead on really mm. I, I i wouldn't be surprised if it was uh an adaptation of an earlier mystery teaching that was co-opted um yeah. hey so yeah i guess you the one other thing you don't know that i was doing probably because uh, i guess you were still in the outer order when i was running to hootie in those last two years as, and uh <laughs> having to be do everything um i was i went into seminary and i went through oh, seminary. Okay. i got my master's in divinity um, wow. in 2006 um finished it in 2005 and and uh for the episcopal church or anglican church as we call it oh really yeah i was trained in the uh at saint augustine's anglican by reverend Graham brownley a welshman got had good you know i was there in a alb every sunday giving sermons to the anglican Mm -hmm. church and Mm -hmm. doing spiritual direction for old people and young people i was the director of youth ministries for a while and you know but then i went off to europe to the doctor so that that uh that was a that I felt was giving me the necessary skill sets that I didn't get in a magical order um going sure. through seminary, a mainstream one. Um mm-hmm. as well as allowed me I got to learn Hebrew and Aramaic, which was wow fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 So I'm and, yeah. And useful. Yeah, and, very useful. <laughs> reading the Zohar is very useful. Um yeah, I didn't end up doing much of that in the following years, but but uh, it was a mm-hmm. great education for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. you asked, you asked about, um, Cipriana before and I yeah. got off. I, yeah. I, I always so you mentioned
0: you asked way. if I had worked with saints and I was like, Oh shit, this guy should tell this guy where <laughs> what my education is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> have I worked with saints? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> then that's why I'm so curious about St. Cyprian and, and what's your take on the whole rage around him and, and what's that magic like?
2: Okay. So, so, um, with saints, right? They're they're a little bit more they're little, they're more down to earth than angels, right? So 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 when 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 you're working with saints, they they have a tendency to they have a tendency to be able to meet you at your level, um, and to be able to give you advice that's a little bit, for lack of a better word, just a little bit more human, um, and and a little bit more practical a lot of the time. Um, so anyway, that's that's why, that's why, like, that's one of the reasons why I became interested in like Saints generally. And then there's Saint Cyprian. So, do you know the story of, do you know the story of Saint Cyprian?
0: Uh, a little bit, but I'm sure many listeners have never heard of him so.
2: Okay, so there's there's like, I don't know how to put it, the maybe the more official legend, and then there's the more unofficial legend. Um, the, the official legend goes something like this, that Cyprian was trained, um, Cyprian was trained as a pagan magician, right? So, uh, part of the legend is that he went to these various, um, he went to these various places throughout the classical, um, throughout the classical Roman empire and was trained in, you know, Trained in, in what are known now as as the dark arts, right? So so he learned of he learned of necromancy, he learned of astrology, he learned of um, um, he learned of talisman making, and he became a very well educated um, pagan magician. Well, he goes to <laughs> uh, I don't remember the city that he goes to, but he he goes he goes to a city I believe in. Um, Turkey. Um, and he meets uh It wasn't Antioch, was it? Yes, it was Antioch. It was Antioch. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he goes seminary for you, baby. (laughs) So he goes to Antioch and he and he um he meets uh he meets this woman um whose name is Whoa. Why can't I remember her name? I think about her all the time. Justina, of course. Um, he meets a woman named Justina, and Justina, um, Justina is a Christian woman, and Cyprian decides that well he's uh, the, the, there's variations on the legend, either Cyprian decides that he wants to get with Justina sexually, or um, somebody comes to him, a client comes to him and asks him to uh, to bind Justina to the client. So in either case um Cyprian performs some lustful magic towards Justina right um and he's he's known as this like he's known as this powerful magician and his his magic goes nowhere like Justina just like shuts him down completely and easily she's just like nope gone um, and so and so with this failure he as as many magicians do when you fail you ask yourself why you failed and you try to understand that and so he goes so he goes to justina and he says how did you shut me down and she tells him because i'm a christian and he says okay well teach me of this christ because obviously you're a more powerful magician than i am um and so justina starts to teach him about christ and Cyprian eventually becomes a bishop. Um, the official legend is that he uh, he eventually he is eventually martyred with Justina. Uh, specifically, he is boiled alive. Um, yeah. The two, of, I think, the two of them are together, um, and that's how that's how they become martyrs. Okay, so there's there's your official legend of Saint Cyprian. Um, the, what really happened? (laughs) So the unofficial legend, his version of the story. So, so, okay. So Cyprian, so as you can see, like Cyprian already, he's, he's already in this weird world, right? He's already in this twilight state because he's, he's a Christian bishop. He's also a pagan magician. So he's crossing the lines between pagan and Christian, right? Also, he's a martyr and he's um, he's also a martyr and he's and he's a pagan magician, something that is frowned on in the church. Um, So the unofficial story is that after Cyprian passed away, he became he was he was a martyr and he was a saint. He was um, he, he was he was made a saint as as saints are. Um and but his the job that he got after he passed away was to become since he was such a good liaison between all of these different forces,
1: hmm. he
2: became the liaison between um the forces of heaven and the forces of hell. Hmm. So he became this he became this figure that sort of stands on the at the edge of hell. Right, where, where he has great rapport and great negotiatory skills with hellish powers, and yet he's a saint. So he's this. He's a wonderful. He's he's a wonderful saintly magician to work with, because he's he is he is supporting your Christian being. He's supporting your Christian self. The dude's a Christian martyr, right? Yeah. But also he has access to, he has access to hellish powers that no other, as far as I know, no other saint has access to. Hmm. So he has this, so it's, it's sort of like, he has this weird, um, he has an unusual amount of authority and he has an unusual amount of access. Hmm. Um, and, that's and he's still considered
0: me. a Catholic saint, eh? Hey?
2: I think so. I think he.
0: I should have chosen he that as my confirmation name.
1: Cyprian.
0: <laughs> Seen what the and watched that the bishop's great. expression. Um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I went with Ignatius.
2: Oh, okay. As a, as a
0: lover of, you know, the uh, the uh, the techniques. I was uh, growing up. I was a big fan of what's it called. What are they called? You know the techniques. The I'm totally forgetting the name of exercises, spiritual exercises of Oh exercises. that Ignatius. Yeah. yeah. Well actually since you need two names, uh I actually use both Ignatius, including so I had, one of my Catholic names was Ignatius of Antioch, one's Ignatius de Loyola. Because you need two as an adult when you go through the rite of Christian initiation for
2: adults. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about a lot of this stuff. My uh one of the names, one of the names I chose was Teresa. Oh As beautiful. Saint Teresa. of Mhm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's And then she's And then the other great. one I the other one I I, I cheated and I just took Joseph.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice. I love interior castles. I still actually want to put together a whole course taking people through interior castles. Mm. Like I did a, a miniature of the course of uh, St John of the Cross's Dark Night of the Soul, of course, focused on the sins and the path tunnel demons. Um, but I'd like to do a whole interior castles thing because she really, it, the way she describes. Well, if if anyone is interested, read Interior Castles by Saint Teresa of Avila. Yeah, if you're familiar with Kabbalah or you've done much spiritual journeying at all, you're going to be like, oh, this person knows what they're talking about. They just are using some different metaphors and and analogies but but the journey is very much the same and that's why i think dark night of the soul resonates with so many people even though they misuse the term technically speaking uh, from how john of the cross uses it
1: mm-hmm.
0: but very interesting stuff so so i mean so if, the, if
2: you put together a course like that i would totally take that course Boom! I mean, that sounds like yeah yeah that sounds amazing uh, I, 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 it'd have to be one day I've, I've got a lot on my plate for the next few
0: years but um but yeah that would be a that's something i always thought would be a a good one to really dive into again i took copious notes while i was reading but mainly it helped me a lot spiritually reading it um through practice and portal yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: and practice Lost world. i just like read it over those grades because i yeah
1: anyway
2: it was sure. good yeah i could totally see that so
0: so the cyprian does did he leave behind any grimoires
2: okay so this that that gets
0: why is everyone what's the rage about now and now we know deeper, now i know the story
2: it it just it's infinitely deep. This stuff, well, I, not infinite. You know what I mean? Like like it just goes and goes and goes and goes. So um so historically, Saint Cyprian has been a uh, has kind of been like a go to guy for uh for grimoires in the Portuguese tradition, uh and grimoires in the Spanish tradition. So so they're, they're I I don't even know how many um grimoires in Portuguese that, that, that involve St. Cyprian. Um, these, these grimoires have been uh, adapted and adopted in Brazil um, where, they've, uh, where they've mixed with, you know, I could be wrong about this. No, 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 this is, I'm pretty sure this is true that Cyprian has come to be uh, embraced in things like Kimbanda um, and yeah, and then there's also, there's also, uh, a crossover with a lot of like Spanish stuff. So it's been sort of, uh, in the last few decades, there's been like a big, um, expansion of the grimoires that are generally available to the English reader. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and these Cipri- these Cyprionic grimoires have, uh, have come along and have like sort of like come to the forefront. Um, so that's, that's like, that's how, that's how, that's sort of like how, uh, St. Cyprian like kind of ties in with just like stuff happening in the modern occult world. Um, and I think, I think like, that's, that's a big part of why he's so popular at the moment. Um, only because there's been, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out that, that just highly involves, Mm. um, highly involves Cyprian.
0: Very, so, so obviously a lot of the magical writings are pseudonymous and just attributed to him but weren't written right. by him. And that's what yeah. a lot of – so I'm sort of curious about like what's the sort of – yeah, because I think uh, Jason Miller teaches that heavily now and mm-hmm. a few other people, though no names come to mind off the top of my head, are teaching that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess I was just sort of curious if you have some idea of what their, their magic looks like operationally and, and uh, yes. what their yeah, methodology yeah. is. yeah
2: so so i mean um a lot of it is so i mean it it depends on it depends on where you go like sometimes you're going to get sometimes you're going to get like heavily involved with the grimoires themselves and it's just going to be it's just going to be like a presentation of that grimoire and how to work with it um but there's 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 others out there that that teach a more um so it gets really interesting because uh because there are others that have like a more devotional approach um, because he's a saint, right? So, so you can work with St. Cyprian the way that you would w- work with any saint, right? So you can pray novenas to St. Cyprian. You can have, you can have like, uh, you can have novena candles to St. Cyprian. Um, and that, that actually happens a lot in like, uh, in Brazilian circles and in Mexican circles, you'll have uh, you know, you'll, you'll have, you'll have like almost, not almost, you'll have a Catholic devotional approach to St. Cyprian. Um, and a lot of the time that devotional approach is like pretty much, it's pretty much like used like sort of exclusively, um, at first to, to, um, enable a relationship with St. Cyprian. Right. So at first, and, and, and like, um, yeah, it, it, I was, I was just going to say like, like, as with, as with many saints, you can develop a devotional, a devotion to this saint, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, unlike other saints, St. Saint Cyprian is a well of knowledge, right? And so what happens is, as you develop a devotion to St. Cyprian, he will start to teach you things. Hmm. Um, this is where it starts to get awesome, because you you can establish a relationship with, with the saint who's also a magician. So what happens is like, um, you can start to, well, first off, like, like the first, the first thing that comes to mind that happened with me was St. Cyprian started to started to approach me. Um, he started to approach me in dreams and he started to approach me in waking times. Um, so he would, so, I mean, the, the, the dreams were like completely crazy. Like, I don't I have no idea why, but well, I have some idea why, but, but like, when you do devotional work with St. Cyprian, like your dreams just go nuts. Um, But then the other thing that started to happen was like, you know, like, really really strange coincidences started to happen like i have a dream about something or i have a dream of like the number five and then all of a sudden like everything in the world is happening at like 555 (laughs) and yeah um so so uh so as you develop your devotion with saint cyprian he begins to reciprocate um once he begins to reciprocate it everything most everything I've seen with Cyprian has been this negotiation. Um, Like negotiation is sort of like the foundation of his magic. Um, You first, you you negotiate a relationship with Cyprian. And then, and once he's there, and you're going to know he's there. Like once, once he's there, you can start to ask him, you can start to ask him questions, especially if you're a magician already. If you're a magician already, like, it's fantastic. If you're not a magician already, it's harder because he doesn't have anything to work with. Um, mm. But if you're a magician already, you can approach him about specific magic that you're doing. And he can give you recommendations on how to improve that magic. Awesome. Um, yeah. Especially how to improve your relationship with specific spirits. And those spirits don't need to be... So so he's, you know, so, so he is he has the keys to hell, right? So he is known as having this like awesome relationship with hellish powers, right? And if you wanna go that direction, by the way, he's fantastic, but it doesn't have to be hellish powers. It can be something like, I want to establish a relationship with the tree spirit in my backyard. How do I do that Cyprian? And he can hook you up. Nice. Or, or, or also like, like, I have trouble working with, you know, maybe you have trouble working with archangels no problem he can <laughs> he can he can help you to gain he can help you to gain access to archangels too
1: yeah. so
2: it's like so he's just sort of like this he's kind of this like jack of all trades um when it comes to that sort of thing
0: i admit you've kind of sold me on on saint cyprian cyprian well well done um i mean i always sort of thought of albertus magnus as the saint of magic um <laughs> in my personal life in mm-hmm. practice though i never worked closely with him um in any specific way um yeah but this uh, Cyprian it sounds would you say Cyprian is is got something oh uh, so he's got something on Albertus good old Al
2: I you know what like it depends on what you're after you know Mm. like I think I I've never worked with Albertus that's actually a great idea I yeah I I can see a comparative
0: study you know
2: um, it would be a fascinating
0: think- actually book is where is the, uh, a book where a really good squire magician or evoker did chapter after chapter alternating working with each of Albertus Magnus, and Cyprian, and then oh. released all of those conversations and stuff. It would have to be someone with a lot of experience so that they could ask questions related to different techniques and different experiences and stuff in right. a wide variety, right you'd you'd yeah. want that. that would be a very interesting uh, project for that would be any really any, cool. uh, any of us who uh, you know, I do like those books that magicians put out where they share the results of their work, like John yes. R. King stuff. It's yeah. really interesting. I mean, I learned a lot from him. For example, when he does yeah. uh, money magic, um, he doesn't put the specification and make sure that this harms no one on the way. He puts yes. the specification, may this harm no one that I love, which led me in my, when, with the people I work with, to when we recently just did a heptarchyal working on Sunday, um before everyone did their own charges for their working, I made a general charge that the spirit, that the operation would harm none period. Because from John King's phrasing of harm none that I love, I was like, huh, that probably would make your ritual slightly more uh, liable to be successful. But I don't think I would want the karma that would come along with anyone Mm -hmm. being hurt just because I don't love them. Um, Mm -hmm. And also like as an initiate and, you know, John R. King's a Goetic magician who is not, a, uh, he doesn't show any signs of interest in any sort of initiatory spirituality magic um, and therefore has no qualms with, you know, we're meant to love everyone. Initiates are sort of mystics in a way. Magicians and mystics, I sometimes think. So though you, you certainly can be an initiate without being a mystic, that's for sure. Um, we've got many examples of that, unfortunately. Um, but, but the mystic want, has to love everybody. If you don't love everybody, Oh, that's, I'm almost quoting Jerry Maguire now by accident. If you don't love everybody, you can't sell anybody. Oh God. <laughs> Our old guru is always in my head. Fratter, fratter, you're slipping off the path. You're
2: backsliding. Fratter, fratter. Oh man. Hey, you want to hear something funny? Yeah, man. My wife recently became a life coach. Oh,
0: brilliant. <laughs> I have some friends whose husbands don't have jobs. They're all life coaches. (laughs) It's true. I'm not even joking. It's like, so your wife works a lot? Yeah, I'm not just here at the pub. What do you do? I'm a life coach. No, but no, I'm joking. But yeah, life coaches, what's what's that entail with her? Because it's a similar, I think, very similar to the training I got as a spiritual director in seminary. Um, mm. these are not psychologically based methodologies that are used to help people primarily, right. With the spiritual right, director, just, my, right. my thing is to be able to help identify someone's background And where someone wants to go and what and then help direct them to the right sort of traditions prayers practices that would be good for them on their path not not like helping them understand the right way to be a christian fuck no that's not what spiritual directors do we're trained to be uh, interdisciplinary and multi-denominational because often spiritual directors with masters of divinity or ma in spiritual direction um are are hired at different denominations, anywhere you get, I mean, you go where you get the job, right, and you're there to direct people spiritually, and it's very useful in churches, the ones that do have a budget for a spiritual director, to have someone who can counsel parishioners um, from a non-sectarian, sort of non-denominational way, because that person might need help that is, uh, and guidance that is not within the the realm of uh, their, their denomination, or even the culture of that particular parish that they're, or congregation they're part of and sure. having someone who can give just human advice is a very useful thing obviously not yeah. all churches are into this idea but um mm-hmm. many of the main most of the mainstream ones are and have yeah. have brought in spiritual directors to be a, a additional counselors to because uh, priests are too busy um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is mm-hmm. why it's also the same sort of training right, right. yeah so, so life did- coaching is, is similar mm-hmm. i think in in that
2: uh, right. Yeah. So she, she's, um, so she works specifically with people who are experiencing burnout. Um, so, uh, so she, she helps people to, um, she p- helps people to, you know, first off overcome the, b- the burnout that they, yeah. that, that they're experiencing. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. Are you still there?
1: Oh no. Hello.
2: Here, I'll disconnect and reconnect because I... Oh, there you are. Sort of.
3: And now, a word
1: from our sponsors.
2: At Parker,
1: our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: Okay, we're back. Hopefully, the first part of that recording wasn't lost uh, due to whatever glitch because my whole screen <laughs> shut down the Zoom completely. Oh, and then it then it flared back to life. So we'll see. Hopefully, we didn't lose all that because this is a really enjoyable conversation. But well, I
2: mean, so, if if we did lose it, I'm really I'm really having fun talking to you. Ditto, bro.
0: Ditto, ditto, man. I, I'm fuck yeah. You just bring back so many um, regrets <laughs> because we didn't know how good we had it uh when we had it uh in many ways you know uh you know here's, here's a good old picture from the good old days
1: dur, 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 dur.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah temple to hooty um so your wife does she work with magicians who've gone through burnout or just regular i would, I would say so she, she
2: works with so um so far she's worked primarily with women um but I mean she's she's definitely open to working with men and she's definitely open to working with magicians that's for sure. sure i would say that magicians specifically would do well to work with her because her whole thing is soul alignment so um you know the basic the basic thesis is that you're experiencing burnout because you're doing something that isn't necessarily aligned with your soul it's not something that's aligned with the deeper parts of you. And so you don't want to do it anymore because the deeper parts of you are crying out and asking you to do something different. So instead of, you know, instead of resisting this urge, like this is the, it's the first step towards, um, it's this first step beco- towards becoming your truer self, right? You have all this, you know, maybe you have all of this dissatisfaction with much of your life um and and her what she does is she um she helps people to find she helps people to find like like the way that where her where their souls really want to go and she gets she gets them on that direction and the best part of it is that she gets them in that direction by teaching by reminding them how to have fun oh wow Yeah, Because the, you know, because, because so much of, you know, when you're just, when you're relaxed and you're having a good time, like you're pretty much in natural alignment, right? And so if she can get, if she can get you to consistently have a good time and have more fun in your life, you're going to have less burnout because you, because you're having fun. And moreover, the more you have, the more fun you have, like, like the more you're going to discover what it is that you need to do to to um to solve the problem of burnout in the long term.
0: Yeah. Just uh, adjusting here. Sure. Humble ball, switching sides. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, you know, is she uh is she religious or christian at all in even any sort of way?
2: Um, I think that I think that she would say well, actually, she would say no, I think that she would say that she's, uh, she's a deeply, you know, she's one of those people that are that are like, deeply spiritual, n- deeply intuitive, um, but she doesn't follow any particular denomination.
0: Because this is um, something I recommend to everyone. This is a uh, Merton's Palace of Nowhere. And it basically uh, is what I use to revise entirely my, my understanding and appreciation of the teachings around the higher self, higher genius and all of that um mm-hmm. because uh so this was one of my teachers uh i got to learn from him for a while in seminary james finley he was a student back at the abbey of gethsemane of thomas merton and he wrote this book summarizing merton's teachings of the true and the false self and it's a tiny little book and it's just wow. absolutely brilliant i've been, i haven't stopped reading it mm-hmm. in 20 years now or in, in you know 14 16 years since it came out and since i met the the, the teacher and. Yeah, um, interesting so stuff cool. if, for yeah. for you know um, because Thomas Merton had such a interesting take on on theology and also human life, and it's interesting to see a teaching that mirrors so closely our own spiritual tradition of and this this whole higher mm. self. Oh, the stuff that, 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 that frustrates so many people and you know like the holy guardian whether it's holy guardian angel or higher genius or higher self or all of that stuff um he's sort of taking his perspective of the true and the false self i found simplified things in a in a much more uh, functional way for, mm. for, do, you, for do you find
2: people. it to be does it help you to um to understand the higher self in a more accessible way
0: Yes, but but specifically also the way he talks about the process of going from the false self to the true self is so alchemical and and mm-hmm. but also grounded in real life issues because this is what Thomas Merton did for he taught and was a spiritual director for the you know novitiates of the Trappist order he was you know tied to and and in when he wasn't off in hermitage which was most of the time as an Aquarius actually born the same day as me. um uh, january another january 31st me justin timberlake and thomas merton all january 31st um i know go figure right um (laughs) that's hilarious and uh and uh yeah Yeah, so yeah that's it that's a what's your take on higher genius higher self holy guardian angel looks so much has come out on that in recent years Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it's such a uh kettle of worms or for some people. Uh, yeah. What's what's your sort of, you know, as someone who's gone through the Golden Dawn and through the that's that system and and I'm guessing that you got a lot out of it. Um uh yeah. you said sort of as much as you could. Um and uh just uh yeah where 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 are you at with what's your take on it in your own from your own perspective, from your own journey so and, that's
2: and, so that's like that's a fantastic question um i it's it's something it's it's something i go back to again and again and again um i think so okay i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to sort of take you on like a like a kind of whirlwind of perspectives on on the deal all right great um the first place that i go is uh The first place that I go is actually three books of occult philosophy when it comes to this stuff. Um, Agrippa talks about how so he so he he brings up a variety of um, he brings up a variety of spirits. Right. He talks about um, so he talks about the house angel of the 11th house um, as being a as being a guide. and he he goes to he goes to like a variety of, of other ones, but what Agrippa says is that basically like none of these completely satisfy him as uh, as like as like a definition for for the guardian angel. Um, you know now that, now that I'm saying this. I'm realizing that that my understanding of what of what the higher self is it may differ from a lot of people's. Um, have you ever encountered an ecstasy before? Um, an ecstasy. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, ecstasy is a big part of. In my, my magical experiences, I mean, when just the other, like at our last operation, I mean, people described feeling extremely high afterwards. To me, that's, that is the, if not the state, if this symptom of ecstasis, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is important to contrast with enstasy, but they're both, they're both the same centrifugal or centri- centripetal expressions of the same light, whether they're going through Yachin or Boaz, right? Um, the way they manifest out of us, either into an inner ecstasy, ecstasy, or an expressive ec- uh, ecstasy outward. Um, mm. But maybe you're talking about something different here.
2: No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not really. I guess uh, this. So okay, when you, um, this actually goes back to sort of this. This radiatory or this radiational approach that I was talking about before, um, when we talked about when we talked about and angels, and we talked about how the mere presence of that angel um, is transformative for both for both the the area that you're working in and also for the magician themselves, right? Um, one of the gifts that this radiation or this that this approach gives you is that you can you learn how to inwardly identify um you can you can inwardly identify where this uh where this spirit resides after that i know i know that we're we're starting to get really heavy into there but um um one of the one of the things that happens to you as you perform magic over, you know, over decades is that you gain the ability to sense when spirits are present. Um, you can go, you know, you can go, you can go into nature, you can go, or just just like whatever, in your own home, in different situations, uh, you can, you can sense when spirits are present, not just any spirits, but specific spirits, because you have experience with those spirits, right? So over time, you, became, you become accustomed to the, you become accustomed to the force of a particular spirit, right, to the force of, a, of an angel or the, you know, or just the presence of an archangel. And then when you're out in the world, you will sense this spirit present in different situations. Um, angels and archangels, it's a little harder because just because of their nature. But when you start to work with more natural forces, say like celestial forces, like fixed stars or planets, um, you can start to sense them around. This does relate, I promise, this does relate to the higher self. Well, I'm with you. Um as you so as you're doing this work, the first thing to pay attention to is where it is 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 where you can sense where these spirits when these spirits are present, um, because that's that's an important inward sense in the achievement of the of of sensing the higher self, because the higher self because the higher self is the higher self is a drop in the ocean of the Holy Spirit. I'll put it that way. Um, As you can sense these spirits, you will come closer to sensing your higher self. Okay, so that's a big that's that's like ingredient number one, right, is the ability to sense the presence of spirits. Ingredient number two is the ecstasis that we were talking about before, or the entasis that we were talking about before, extremely sublime states. These extremely sublime states are very important because they have their own radiational aspect to them. When you can can sense spirits, this ecstasis that you feel has a spiritual force. It's a spirit in its own right. And so over time, as you experience this ecstasy that spirit that's the spirit of that ecstasy can be communicated with and it goes back so 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 i'm starting to realize that this that this conversation that we've had is a very blessed one because all of this all of this is all tying together right um the the um the negotiatory aspect of working with a saint like Cyprian um, is very is very important because because through this devotional aspect you can you can you can work with a spirit you can negotiate with that spirit right and with this with the spirit behind this ecstasy a negotiation can happen there too and when that negotiation starts to happen that's when the higher self can start to be present. I love it. I love it. That's a.
0: I mean, it's hard to think about the, this as you present it theoretically. Um, as and I know it comes from your, your experience. But, um, it, it makes me think a lot about. <clears throat> well, the GD got very worried and you concerned mm-hmm. themselves very much with. And this is where you see the occultism happen of the Victorian age, when they started to worry about well, what is, what is microcosmic, what is macrocosmic, what am I experiencing within myself, but what's actually out there? And they started to worry a lot about that. Whereas mm-hmm. in my ex- impression of the Grimoire and Solomonic tradition was that wasn't ever really a concern. They were like, we're summoning these spirits outside of ourselves. They're showing up here or mm-hmm. they don't show up yeah um, so so it didn't matter whether you debated the microcosm or the macrocosm or the egregores or whatever that didn't right there was there's like back.
2: very little internal aspect to
0: it yeah yeah whereas in the so and then the theory of the golden dawn as it developed especially through the fadi Ra temple in new zealand and all of that stuff right because we're getting tons of information coming finally at long last it's a shame they didn't fadi Ra didn't connect with the ciceros when they started and fadi Ra closed then we could have just had a international golden dawn world that was actually directly from the original that would have been amazing if those two little things had just been sewn together but they didn't know about each other and etc plus you know the new zealanders were pissed off at regardy sort of for publishing their secrets mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah though he got enough wrong to probably count it as uh crowley's secrets like you know it's <laughs> so so crowleyized uh regarding stuff um we create shells as a hierophant in the, in the temple we create shells of these forces and it makes me think a lot about what you're saying with this ecstasy even when you do god form work yourself you're creating this egregoric shell and mm-hmm. that does create kind of ecstasy um when mm-hmm. you go into it and the idea is that the shell is what attracts the macrocosmic force so the the microcosmic creation of the shell of of a of a, of a being is what attracts it's 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 uh, analogous component the actual spirit from the macrocosm and that was their theory on how those so it, but it really ties in with sort of what you're saying about how the more you create these experiences and tap into these experiences as they are the more it draws to itself magnetically that the actual external force uh, does that make sense right yeah. yeah
2: yeah so so to talk about it like i guess i guess now that we're talking about it like it's it's pretty easy to put it like in a in, a, in an agrippin model um where where you know when you're working with when you're working with uh god forms um you're working with uh you know you're working sort of you're working sort of in this twilight state between celestial and super celestial um because because a lot of because a lot of the god forms are still you know they're still very much concerned with um they're very much concerned with natural matters uh while still being much larger than those than those natural matters, and, and really being much larger, much more by larger I mean expansive, um, much more expansive than most celestial forces. Right. What I'm talking about is as you you know as you practice uh, as you practice working with higher celestial and even bordering on super celestial, you're starting to create. Mm-hmm. You're starting to create almost like a hole, or a. Um, you you just you you start to create a relationship with the super celestial, because you keep going back there. Um, as whenever you go to whenever you go to any spiritual experience, the more you go back there, the more, um, the more it's 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 what an old teacher of mine used to say: the more you establish residence. Um as you push the envelope and as you go into the super celestial, the more you're establishing residence there until eventually you can negotiate with the super celestial. And that's where, that's where you start to, that's where the true self starts to come up. Yeah.
0: Is, is that Agrippa's take, would you say, or your take from Agrippa?
2: I, that's my take from Agrippa because Agrippa didn't, Agrippa didn't discuss God forms. I'm no, sort of like, no. I'm sort of like, mushing together like god forms and, and celestial magic.
1: yeah yeah well that's uh yeah very interesting yeah.
2: Oh. man i haven't i haven't had a chance to go full adept depth in a long time you know what i mean well, like like a I question a question like a question like what do you think about the higher self like i can't answer that unless 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 i take out all the tricks you
0: gotta take out all the tricks i mean i really still love the i think the the kabbalistic framework is still very useful for this stuff um for the spirituality mm-hmm. stuff especially especially mm-hmm. um uh the the neshama is 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 clearly as as it encompasses the three supernals easily called the higher self what we're talking about like if there's a higher mm-hmm. self on the tree it's the neshama right Jeez. if there's a true will it's probably the 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 uh, Yehida, right? Mm-hmm. You could argue it's hakma, or you could argue it's keter, right? Um, yeah. Of course. Blah blah blah. Um, hard to answer and then of course you throw in the term holy guardian angel you get a whole whole mess there because a lot of people think it came from the golden dawn and it sort of did but it was never part of the golden dawn there was no teachings on the holy guardian angel and the golden dawn whatsoever Mm -hmm. Um, it was not something anyone did it was considered something that was to do with this grimoire that Mathers happened to translate but then of course crowley ran with that and got himself into a into a mess with that because he was the one to start drawing sort of uh, parallels or conflations of higher self Neshama with Holy Guardian Angel, which was originally, right. uh, basically a grimoire angel um, that when you start to conflate it with the Neshama, you stop seeing it as an independent being and start of yourself. And then of course you have those people coming out saying, look, that's not what this, this angel that comes from the grimoires is. And mm-hmm. I think I, I don't get into, I don't worry about those debates too much other than I find them interesting and fascinating and they're mm-hmm. great, great debates to have. As, as a practitioner, I've been working with spirit guides since I was first initiated into an esoteric tradition in 1988, right? Since then, I became very aware of spirit guides. And, uh, you know, I was seven years old, initiated ceremonially into transcendental meditation, had my whole initiation, had another one a couple of years later when you turn 10. And, but, you know, like then it's twice a day, mandatory meditation. And, you know, you just open up to this whole world. A reality as you start to do that especially when you get the second initiation and get your adult mantra at 10 and start sitting down meditating you just become aware of space and, and reality in a, such a radically different way even mm-hmm. if it's just meditating twice a day for 10 minutes each time you meditate mm-hmm. one minute per age you are old and uh and as a result, I've had lots of spirit guides, astrologer, mother got taken to psychics my whole life as a kid, taken to healing classes, psychic classes, all these classes, all like before I was 13, 14, right? And so like the idea of having spirit guides has never been a problem for me. The problem that's always been when people start to aggrandize the, the roles of these spirit guides or to give them authority that they shouldn't actually have. They shouldn't have authority to, to dictate the free will of a human soul, for example, Mm. Right. So saying, oh, this is my true will. And that's why I did it is a, is a shitty lame excuse. Right. Like, yeah. You take some responsibility, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. especially if it is a part of you, then it's all your choice. Don't say it's, <laughs> oh, it's the divine side of myself that's forcing me to, uh, you know, abuse people to get rich or, or 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 remain poor to prove my holiness and 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 and, uh, and righteousness you know um it's so all that's, so so
2: what you're talking about right now actually goes to i'm sorry to interrupt no um it 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 goes the um one of the one of the things that the well <laughs> One of the things that the higher self does is the higher is the higher self is very much involved in the, in your fate, right? In the events that are happening around you, um, you as a person, as a as a an aware being, as a as a as a, and as a magician, have the extraordinary privilege of having just a little tiny bit of free will, right? you can slightly bend, you can slightly bend the feet. Um, When people say that they had to do something because their higher self told them to, that's not how the higher, to me, that's not how the higher self works. You have to do something because, you may have to do something because the events in your life have compelled you to do that thing, right? That's the power of the higher self. The higher self just is like, you have this event now, how are you going to do it? How are you going to deal with it? You know, the the higher self has the power of fate. You have the power of, and you have the power of free will, the higher, but to me, like the higher self would never just come along and say, well, since you can speak to me, I'm just going to tell you to do this thing. It's not going to do that. It's going to, it's going to say, it's just going to thrust you directly into the situation that you need to be in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've always seen it, uh, uh, the sign of, of being in touch with your true self as, as uh, represented by the flow state, you know, that, that mm-hmm. state of optimum, optimum pro, uh, efficiency that, that athletes talk about, the zone um, mixed, which comes about from living far enough outside your comfort zone that you are constantly challenged by what you are doing, but not incapable of, achieve, of accomplishing it and doing it effectively so mm-hmm. it's that very delicate place and if you live in that place that's where i've always found that i'm able to best uh sort of feel the whisperings of 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 guidance uh mm-hmm. and, and and tweak my my approach so that uh, you know and and you f- i you know when i'm in that flow state i feel the flow from above and when i leave yeah. that flow state i feel that that flow get cut off It's it's like okay I mean, if, we'll, if i don't maintain that state it's like well okay i can go be a free agent But I might not have the grace of that state you know Mm -hmm. it is tricky stuff to discuss but but worthy I think yeah
2: yeah oh totally totally I mean and this but this is this is like like this is probably like some of the more difficult things to talk about but it's also the most important things to talk about right because this is this is like this is basic why you're doing this spiritual work in the first place sort of talk
0: yeah, sort of. I mean, like Skinner st- came out straight up and his magic has nothing to do with spirituality. And the last thing you'd ever want to do is use magic to try and improve your spirituality. Um, <laughs> he says that. Um, yeah, he said that on Glitch Bottle. Um, I'm quoting him in my new book. Uh, so I had to like write down those lines verbatim and like, you know, keep winding it back and get them. I guess um... it's interesting because I, I think his point is accurate. His point mm-hmm. is accurate. Magic has nothing to do with spirituality but I don't think he's correct to draw the, and and I'm gonna, I have an interview uh, that will come up, be coming up with him. And I look forward to getting into this with him um, a little bit, more more I wanna talk about academic stuff because I'm curious about his journey as an academic. Sure, yeah. Interesting, he's had an interesting life and everyone's always asking him about how to summon demons better and and stuff like that. And I'm more interested in hearing his overall journey, you know. but anyway. He's. I don't think it's true that you can't use magic for spirituality because that makes no sense. What else Mm. are we doing in these initiations? What else is an initiation except magic used for spirituality, right? Mm. He's like, no, spiritual creatures are better for achieving material things and physical things. They're doing things in the physical world that you can't do as a human very Mm. easily. And they're very good at doing some of these things. And I think that's true. But I do believe one of the things they're good at doing is... When you do, like, for example, a great opening before an initiation, what are you calling on? You're calling on the the mighty archangels, angels, kings, rulers, and elementals be assembled in this mystical sphere, right? Mm -hmm. And then through the God forms and the movements of the temple and the whole initiation, those spirits are, their energy from that Enochian tablet are directed a certain way. And that is the Mm -hmm. initiation. That is what makes the initiation a golden dawn initiation, um is all those god forms movements and other forces brought it's just so complicated it's remarkable um mm-hmm. and that's probably why people have such profound experiences and that makes sense to me you can call these spiritual beings into someone's sphere to initiate them to to bring about spiritual change whether it's elemental or planetary and that is magic for spirituality so i i don't agree with him that you can't do that because I think that's exactly what initiates are doing.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: and why can't you use a spiritual spiritual creatures for initiation? And we have, a, we have a very long history of doing that. We just don't have a long history of initiatory orders um, passing down the magical tradition as he has successfully proved, I think, that the magical tradition is, is, is passed on between magicians. Like mm-hmm. Just like everyone who went through our the thousands of people who went through our order in the years it was around, in the 20-something years it was around, how many of them are still practicing magicians? A very small amount, I'd say. Sure. Very yeah. small amount. So still, sure. even, even the magical orders of history, going back to the Ordna Goldene Bosenkoitz in the 1700s, right, from which we get our grade structure, also the SRIA, I mean they didn't these groups didn't aren't responsible for carrying on the magical tradition. It, the magic magicians aren't weren't carried on by Rosicrucians or by Freemasons or by anyone else. Those those organizations, whether it's GD or Martinist or or any of them, produce a very small amount of serious lifelong magicians who pass That's true. On their, yeah. who record their knowledge, pass it, pass it on to students, and 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 can really be called You know practicing magicians or sorcerers Mm -hmm. if you like right and and that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with being an initiate it really doesn't Um, yeah
2: absolutely yeah um you know one thing i'd be really curious to hear uh skinner steven skinner talk about is how magic has changed him oh good question how um you know, because, because, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I definitely see his point that, that magic is just, isn't done for spirituality, you know, especially because, especially like, like the Goetic magic that, that he's interested in Um, because that's, it's very much, it's, it's very much a practical matter um, with that. But, when you're standing in the presence of spirits, that does something to you. You may not want to, you, you may not want to, I, I would think that it does something to you. You may not want to believe that it does, um, but it, it changes you. And I, I'd love to, I, I'd love to hear, or I, I believe that it changes you. And I just, I'd love to hear, um, I'd love to hear whether, what he thinks of that.
0: You should email him and get him on uh, Esoterra Nerd for your co-hosting slot. Oh, that's yeah, so you you can you can you and you and Edward can both go go get into it with him and maybe plan your questions in advance since Edward's another uh, uh, you know ruled by the planet Vulcan as a Virgo and uh, uh, almost as scatterbrained as me sometimes. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> so more, he um,
2: so w- w- when we when we got off the line together on Esoterra Nerd, one thing we were talking about was like co-hosting um, co-hosting an interview with like, with just people, just people involved in like a spiritual subculture that doesn't otherwise get a lot of exposure. Mm, yeah. uh, and, uh, we did, <laughs> we did like some early research into that and we found, um, uh, we found the Raelian church. Have you ever heard of this?
0: Dude, they're right here next door to me on Vancouver. Oh, really? Island. Dude. That's where they sent, that's why Prince Harry and Meghan Markle went to Victoria um, and were doing all that charity work. It was because, this is the conspiracy theory. I love it. I fucking love it. This is one of those fun ones, those fun ones. They went there before going to LA because they needed the Raelians to clone her. So (laughs) she's actually in their lab still and the clone of her is out there along with Hillary and all these other clones. Everyone's cloned now, everyone's cloned, but it's the Raelians doing it but there is a lot of sketchy stuff going on with the railians um, and who, and they, they were into the cloning technology when it was big, like 20, 30 years ago. Mm. And who's to say someone didn't give them a ton of money and they are trying to clone humans, you know, like sure. who knows? But anyway, that's one of my favorite things. That's why, so the railians. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, like I would love, I would love to interview basically anybody from that.
0: Oh, uh, I'll see that. if I can get in touch with someone. I like I and I mean that. like
2: like you know I definitely I just I just want to hear their story I want to hear what they have to say because a lot of um I I'm guessing that there's a lot of crossover between the experiences that you and I had and the experiences that a lot of other groups have um and I just I just want to hear I just want to hear more stories about stuff like that you know
0: yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating stuff in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I yeah, yeah. Raelians, I mean, yeah. Cloning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Raelians, they're, they're, over, they're over on Vancouver Island, you could Maybe just maybe the best way to do it would be come come visit and we'll uh, go uh, raid their compound and see if they want to give us a tour. No, that know, would be a blast. I, I could I could I could do with a slight clone upgrade for this uh, old clone body I'm wearing. Um, you <laughs> know, you know, give me one without celiac disease, please. Um, that would be nice.
2: <laughs> I'll ask my wife. If, I'll ask my wife. If she wants to go to Vancouver. We've been um, we've been itching to travel a lot more. Oh, by the way, if I um, before before I forget her uh her moniker on instagram and other forms of social media is feel good ferments um she also has she also has a life coaching account but i the one i can remember offhand right now is feel good ferments
0: awesome yeah so mm-hmm. good good uh for anyone seeking a bit of life coaching or know more about it uh, there you
1: go yeah feel yeah. good
0: ferments on instagram She's out there. and something else yeah what other interesting little groups are there out there? I mean, uh, Edward mentioned the source family to you. I, I was big into the documentary when it came out. Very interesting sort of family that they had, the source mm. family and the, the yeah. Aquarians. Um, they, were, they were an interesting bunch. Though so they did, I can see why in the documentary, they just breeze over their whole ceremonial magic phase, just like breezed over it like like and then then there then there was the ceremonial magic phase that was crazy and you see someone going like this and then it like cuts on and then, and then it's like then we went to Hawaii it's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that would be a whole other it was it's a single episode documentary the source family though it's not one of those that's one of those family that see a lot of them they there's too many episodes for these things right they're like they do six episodes when they could have done two or three this is one where they should have done two or three instead of just one because there's actually it would be interesting to see all that stuff but maybe yeah, i'm sure there'll be another one in the future especially with all the still existing aquarian family members that are out there probably still practicing magic and stuff like that who are like yeah they did us wrong they, they didn't <laughs> emphasize all of this cool stuff we did but you know and you were mentioning how you'd like to just run out there and join all the cults and and see what happens <laughs> oh yeah yeah
2: yeah brother yeah, uh, when like, i heard you like... say
0: that i was like you know speaking from experience um maybe not uh i mean i spent uh 14 months in northern california the other year th- up until and through part of covid I did a big lecture at PantheaCon on Yeats's Celtic Mysteries, and that was mm. massively attended. It was like pff, packed auditorium. Cool. I was That's quite awesome. blown away. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it was cool. I got to have cocktails with like Chicken Sandra and Lon all at the same time. And
1: oh, cool! And
0: Dan Ortiz was there from uh, Isis. Yeah. And, and uh, nice. I, we, all, we were all. I have a great picture of all of us together, and it was a good time. Wow. Um. um but yeah, that like the Isis Oasis there, which is part of the Fellowship of Isis and the comes out of the old Union Temple of Isis, which was founded by Jason Lauderhan's student, student, Arissa Victor in the 60s, 70s. And she Lauderhand was the protege of Paul Foster Case. Um, mm. so, so that church came about through the Boda tradition, essentially, mixed with a lot of a love of Dion Fortune and Egyptian stuff. And they have a whole little compound there um, that mm-hmm. was started in the 70s. And uh, you know, I knew it could go well or it could go badly
1: mm-hmm. and
0: when I got there and realized that I was uh, that no one on the property was actually interested in studying hermeticism or Egyptian magic at all I knew I knew it was, things probably wouldn't go well long term um, and it would be a maybe a, a shorter trip so I started booking other events all the way down to Mexico and up to Texas to see old friends and do you know do book signings and lectures and blah 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 all that sort of author touri- touring stuff um, but then COVID hit, boom, right after PantheaCon. I can't even imagine how many people at PantheaCon I must have given COVID to because I had it the <laughs> week before. Oh, no. Yeah, but didn't get tested till after PantheaCon because we didn't know it was a thing, really. They didn't mm. tell us. Like, mm-hmm. the news, like, you know, we had, we had like, the ridiculous people in charge of California saying, like, I was watched the TV one day when the guy came out and said, COVID can't transmit, will only transmit at, Trump rallies, but it won't transmit at BLM rallies. And I, I got to hear that said on the news. And I was like, wait, what? Like <laughs> we've entered crazy town. It's crazy town, it's make up anything you want now. Like just yeah. make it up, What what's true for you? Remember that good old 90s question? What's true for you in your heart? Yeah. This is what's true and it is true it's objectively true now go shout it from the rooftops like it's just it was just everyone went nuts of course there and burning everything down like you know um so so those communities tend to it seems not last very long with their f- original focus right too 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 rapidly people see an easy power grab, people start flocking to those communities who want power. That's what happened at Temple Tahuti as well. Like our our later, our latter year, philosophy and stuff, they they no longer wanted to do the work. They wanted the, all the honors and all the power and titles without doing any work. And we were like, this is not how this goes. You should leave. And Tahuti would have survived if uh, if I had expelled like 10 people when I was told to. The second order was like, just get rid of all these people. I'm like, Yeah, I think that's the old way of doing things. They should be allowed to stick around and be part of the community if they want. It's like, yeah, but they're writing letters slandering you behind your back because they don't want to pay dues and they think they should be more respected by new members. It's like, these are fucking philosophy, right? It's like, I'm sorry, that's you've gone through the system now. If you've gone into portal and you don't want to do rituals anymore, you're never going to get invited to the second order and you don't want to pay dues and you don't want to teach classes you just want to go to meetings and be the head of this this little group that makes decisions for something that doesn't even matter you know that's what a lot, that's what happens and, they, they, and it doesn't work in a small temples and temple environments right like they they get they get cast out but in larger cults you might say um there's Land, there's property, there's income, there's all these things, and that just attracts the worst of the worst because they people realize all they have to do is spout a bunch of new age nonsense, uh chant love and light, but then secretly just kowtow to the leaders there, and next thing you know, they're 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 getting some some cash out of it, and they never had any spiritual instances at all. Like I saw that it was, there was just it it was it was it was create and it created a toxic environment for everyone involved it was like nightmarish like yeah like so go join a bunch of cults if you want but uh honestly i don't think it'll go that well (laughs) did you do much uh, Enochian work uh in your time in uh in the golden dawn
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Mm -hmm. what sort of stuff did you get into because we did some weird stuff when i was involved um we did like some weird stuff with the bonorum heptarchia that had nothing to do with the traditional d methodology it was we, oh, we yeah. rewrote that stuff to it was rewritten by our adepti to be golden dawn and also to line up with the operations we were doing like uh, jerusalem or prague or whatever mm-hmm. not prague uh, Strasbourg and uh so did, did you did that change much in in the years that you were an adept in the order no, what, were, what were, I... sort of Enochian did you guys do
2: so okay so the the two things that come to mind um the two things that come to mind are the so that that description that i had before of um working with the working with the Anakian kings as as sort of as sort of this as sort of a zodiacal liaison that it's completely undocumented and um but but it, it it did seem to be very powerful uh so there was that and that was my first that was probably my first adept project, because what happened from there was um, you could establish a really good um, you could establish a really good presence of a zodiacal force, and then after that you it was very easy to overlay a planetary force on top of that, um, so that then you could start to get into uh, you could start to scry, for example, um, you know the sun in aries the sun in leo you could start to try to find out why when planets are in detriment or fall like like what exactly the effect is of that like i mean yes it's it's gen, they're gener, it's generally bad they're not happy they're sickly they're weak but what does that do in the world how does that actually affect things um and so my first my first project was to um to sort of Hack the Enochian kings into into doing this work so that it so that so that we could set up stuff for scrying, um, for better scrying of planets. So that was the first thing, and then the other thing that that we really got into. Well, actually, there's three. Hooray! the The, the second thing was um, we used to do these. We used to do these vigils that involved the. I want to say there were the angels of the Benorum.
0: Yeah, yeah. That work was being developed um, when you met me, I guess, in like 90, in like 2000, 2001, that that, those operations were being developed. And so you sort of uh, would have seen the the further evolution of them than I was working with. So that's really interesting to me.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like that, that's like, that's probably one of my favorite memories is like, like, it's been it's been like, you know, it's been like maybe like 13 hours or so since you started. So like, let's say that you started at 6am. And it, it was a wonderful time because it was like, it was a vigil, right? So you yeah. would call in one of the angels of the Benorum. And then you would just experience the presence of that angel. And then off you would go and you were going to be doing this for like 24 hours. So yeah, you yeah. had a long <laughs> way to go. Right. I so like, so, so you would call an angel experience the presence of that angel that would be like 20 minutes to half an hour or something and then you Mm -hmm. come out of you come out of temple you just like rest relax for like half an hour right don't do anything particularly spiritual because by the way in the next at the top of the hour you're going to call a whole other benora angel
0: yeah yeah Um, and we since they're 24 hours sometimes it's 4 a.m right you haven't slept right <laughs> we, yeah we would yeah. go through pots of chai that because we'd be fasting as well right yep. so like just yep. drink all we drink is straight chai um yeah. no no creams or milks or anything like straight raw chai but I, I but
2: I, re- I remember i remember like like 12 or 13 hours into it like,
0: like <laughs> i love that you can start a sentence that way <laughs>
2: <laughs> you 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 just call like some random menorah angel right like like it i mean not random like you know who they are but but they but you weren't you weren't expecting anything spectacular to happen but all of a sudden like zang you um you know you're, you're floored by this overwhelming spiritual experience of this angel um yeah that's one of my favorite memories and then you just and then the weird thing is you just come out of there and then you just relax again you just like keep going um so I remember just having these like overwhelming experiences, and then just pressing on, like residing, and then pressing on. <coughs> pressing
1: yeah, on. yeah.
2: Okay. The third one was um, the third one was was uh, weather magic oh, using using the elemental tablets for weather magic.
0: Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, like if okay. You have a
2: um, that was uh, so there are particular uh there are particular spirits of the tablets that are involved in the weather they're the uh they're the airy portion of the water tablet and the watery portion of the airy tablet um they give you an excellent base uh then the i haven't thought about this in years and years and years um from there there's this so there's this like there's this interesting like secret of well I call it a secret I feel like I feel like everybody I like I was the last one to the party in this one but the the so-called secret is that the God forms have tremendous um, they have tremendous relation and sympathy with elemental forces, which is why they're used in initiations um, yeah the when working with these elemental tablets, bringing in the God forms besides gives you great authority in those elemental tablets. So that then if you have something to do, it becomes very easily done. So for example, if it's just just really, really hot and muggy and you have like 120 people that are gonna be in the same room the next day, and it's two o'clock in the morning, then it's time to cool things down. And so you can cool things down so that the next day people don't like fall out because they're because due to heat exhaustion or something. i um, will have to remember, remember other,
0: this when I visit Texas.
2: <laughs> or the other thing you can do um, is you can work with, uh, you can just work with the winds, right? So, um, so you can work with those two portions of the elemental tablets, and then work with the god forms to uh, to do really really broad, expansive work um, using things like the jet stream. Oh, interesting! Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Do you have uh? Do you do you have a website where you post much magical workings or anything like that? Or
2: you know, things, I I you know, I keep. I keep saying to myself that I really need to do that. I'm um I am slowly teaching a <laughs> slowly. I think I posted two videos so far on Instagram on on my Instagram account. I'm slowly teaching a way to uh a way to gain direct access to the um it's not the higher self but it's something really close. I'm, I'm teaching a way to gain direct access to that through uh through meditation and dreams
1: Hmm. wow Mm
2: -hmm. Wow. yeah So probably probably i i'm gonna make more videos um that just teach things like that
0: is that on on on, on publicly available that people can find that or is that private yeah where where
2: can people find that um it's right on hang on i can always just post a link we can sort that out i don't even know what my own account is on instagram that's how Oh, that's how it. new i am on
0: instagram yeah 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 i know you're, you're late to the party most of us are trying to leave it <laughs> dude their new, st- their new their new their uh, new uh, terms of service give them permission to access your your, your contacts your bank like go th- into your bank app and check Whoa. your bank statements wow like okay. that's that's how it seemed to me i mean people can go read the terms of service themselves and interpret what they want but I'm pretty sure they're always doing a little bit more than the terms of service say anyway. Right. Um, And I've seen had DMS while I'm writing them to the people like edited while I'm writing them. Like I send the message, the person sees it. And then the message gets deleted.
2: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: And we noticed that because we caught one, we were sending photos back and forth of uh, pages of books and sigils. We were talking magic. And so Mm. we were screenshotting, as we shared images and, and snippets to notice and then little comments we would make. And because we were doing so many screenshots, we caught one of the messages mid-deletion by Instagram. Oh, wow. It's like, holy shit, they just deleted this. And it was like, that's, so that's, it's interesting blatant. that
2: you say that because I know that I know that people have sent me things on Instagram and it like like they'll show me they'll show me their Instagram profile and they're like, see, I sent you this thing and it just hasn't shown. One
3: up. one of my buddies here in Canada. Um,
0: all of his texts to me are blocked. He gets my text to him, but all all of his texts to me are blocked by my phone service provider. Hmm. They won't answer why. I've tried to find out why. They're like, it's not possible. And I've showed them, because you can show them, you can prove it. You can be like, here's his, here's screenshots from his stream, and you see Hmm. all these messages. And for 10 months, I didn't get a single message and still don't. And they won't even answer why that is. It's just like, are you kidding me? This is is crazy. This is the world we're in now. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I so I work in um I work in technology and I uh I didn't know that. I guess I guess I have a I have a very unconspiratorial attitude about it because I know people that work in technology. That's good.
0: That's good. We need more of that.
2: And they we I should I shouldn't say they, I should say we. We mess it up all the time. Mm. I just I I I I tend to believe i tend to believe that just they just wrote software that was that poorly written that they could that it could just randomly lose text messages
0: i mean obviously that would be ideal um you know (laughs) but because like like google's announced that they they now will go into your google docs i like most of my writings in google docs because i got tired of losing writing you know or not Mm. be able to access it when i wanted and um They've they've announced like that they can go they will go into your Google Docs and edit out anything they consider um, wrong or not good. Okay. Yeah, they've announced this. This is it's like what?
2: <laughs> what? All right, let's make something else. <laughs> let's. Make, I want to make something that's. I want to make something that's hands off, <laughs> that is kind and polite that doesn't and is not evil. Like, cause that seems to be a really hard combination. I don't know why. To like, not be
0: evil? I know, you to, think it would be so simple to just don't be evil.
2: Right. Well, right, but we're <laughs> quoting now, right?
0: <laughs> you, you know you're in trouble when a company's motto is don't be evil and they remove it. <laughs> <laughs> just like you know your country's in trouble when it's three leaders are named Bush, Dick and Colin. <laughs> sorry just t- i'm just being a canadian just having some fun here
2: <laughs> please I'm continue sorry. having fun i'm s- somebody's got to have fun
0: <laughs> someone's got it we you ask canadians you know we're we're so fucked these days not as bad as australia but we got it we gotta we gotta talk a little shit it's mm-hmm. a little shit yeah
2: i found my instagram profile it's uh it's jayzabinski.dolios oh and by the way you asked me about you asked me about projects that I was working on. There's a yeah. really obvious one that I never bring up. I have no idea why. Um, it's called jzabinski.dolios because I have an LLC. It's called Dolios Software Solutions, and I'm making a I'm making a web app. It's an it's a traditional astrology app that is going to tell so me when... it's
0: going to give the planetary hours. I just want to click one button and have the whole yeah. day laid out.
2: No problem. It's going to do. I'm tired of doing math. So I'm running out of crayons. I, I wanted to do so much more. That's so, true. so if, if so, I, I talked about before about how I was how I was compiling Agrippa's system, right? Mm. Because Agrippa does have a system that is that is scattered, piecemeal throughout three books of occult philosophy, and if you yeah. put it all together, you have something very substantial. One of the uh, frustrations, or one of the problems with his system, is that it is tremendously mathematically complex. Um, for so, for example, if you if if you're going to look, so he he works with he works with celestial magic, right? Um, stuff like planetary talismans. Um, to really use his system the way it's described. You have to examine. You have to examine the the, the condition of the moon. You have to con- examine the condition of Mercury. Examine the condition of whatever planet it is you're working with. You have to get the planetary hour just right. There's a tremendous amount of things that you have to get right. I do this sort of work every month. It takes me around two or three, well, more than maybe maybe around a dozen hours to look through all of the different talismans that he talks about. I'm making a web app that's going to automate this entire process so that you don't have to do this anymore. I want celestial magic to be accessible so that when you need to know, okay, when, when can I work with the moon? I want you to immediately be able to see that. When can I work with Mercury? I want you to meet immediately be able to see that. And so I'm working on a web app right now. It's called Digitalisman.app. That's my full-time job. I am not stopping until this thing is done. I, I, I realize what, what, what a karmic thing that is to say, but I, this has been in the plans for, this has been in the works for years and, um, and it's, it's time for it to happen. So I, th- that's what I've been doing since July.
0: Sweet. I might have a, um, I've been bugging a friend to consider doing something like that, but maybe he can talk to you. Maybe, maybe if, if you need a hand or, I don't know,
2: you know, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because a, a, a friend of mine just, uh, he told me he would love to work on it with me. Um, and so, and I was like, well, you're not going to, I don't want, I don't want you to work on this for free. I want you to be able to be paid. And he was like, well, you don't, you don't have to pay me. And I was like, no, no, I need to pay you. If you, you're a professional programmer, you need, you need to be paid. Um, and so I, and so I just, I just set up, I wasn't, ex- I was expecting to just like go into my cave and work on this for a year and then come out and have, have my product um but already like people people are already approaching me and they're like i want to help you so so i just so i just um the the uh the contracts for independent contractors are being written now
0: oh wow so you you, you're it's cool that you're willing to let people on board to fast track this it sounds like
2: yeah yeah and i mean it it needs fast tracking so i
0: mean obviously the math isn't that hard to do to figure out planetary hours. Um, but like, right. if you're doing this stuff every couple of days, if not every day, and you just sometimes, or sometimes you're like, Hey, I want to do something now. You just, you don't want to sit there and calculate all the hours and be like, Oh, what, well, how much leeway do I have to work on this thing? And you just be so amazed. Oh my God. The fact that there isn't something like this already is a little mind boggling. And they say, I <laughs> guess that's the, that's the art, that's the litmus test maybe for creating an app is when you're like, why isn't there something like that everyone needs that we all talk about and no one's made it well that's that's when you should probably make something right
2: right yeah yeah, yeah. so there there is there is an app out there it's called uh it's called hours um and you give it uh
0: you give, you it, the give sunset it and sunrise time uh
2: you give it the you just tell it tell it where you are okay and it spits out um It'll 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 tell you it it'll give you it'll give you the planetary hours. And the other thing it gives you is um, it adds up the essential dignities dignities for you.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I know there's one there's a laptop app that doesn't work on phones that that can that people I know use. Mm -hmm. But often you know if I'm at another magician's place and I have my backpack full of gear and you know the next day we decide to do another operation you know you might not have a laptop with you it's just it's just convenient you know hey we have this technology we may as well make it work for us in, yeah whatever way yeah. we can
2: right uh, and then that's and that's one of the that's one of the goals of digitalism is to have um everything so okay one of one of the goals is um to make it so that it can run anywhere uh, so it'll, it'll, you know, so it's, it's a web app. So basically it's a souped up website. So anything that has a browser can run this stuff. Mm. And then the really ambitious goal is to do all the calculation on the device. So that instead of, so usually what you would do is you would have a web server and then you'd say to the web server, okay, get me all of the, you know, get me all of the elections in this given time frame Web server goes to work figure stuff out, gives it back to you eventually, and then you're done. Well, the, um, the state of technology is good enough that we should be able to have individual devices do these calculations for you. So it should be way faster than, than what it would be if it's on a web server. But also, by the way, once you have it, you don't need to be online anymore for it to do work for you. So, so like you said, like when you're, you know, when, when you have your backpack full of stuff and you just have your phone, your phone should be plenty powerful enough to give you everything you need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. That'd be great. Well, good. It's very, I'm how a that you are in fact working on something I've been pestering people about for a long time. (laughs) That's very, that's wonderful to hear. Wunderbar. Damn, man. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, Hey, fratter out there if you're listening you know who you are Uh, let me know if you want to get in touch with joe or let joe know if you want to help out or who knows well i just look for what's your so what do you think theoretically what would be the time that it might be done like what's a conservative estimate
2: done done a conservative estimate would be um i originally thought it was going to be done in july of 2022 um i'm going to say september of 2022 yeah that's my guess right now um yeah, but it's I mean it's up. Digitalisman's there. There's not much to see at the moment. Um it, it just it just shows you a sample chart. But believe me, it's it's going to be regul it's going to be regularly updated. Wow. Um amazing. And if you go to my Instagram, uh it's gonna have regular uh, it will have regular updates with like these little videos that tell you about stuff. So basically, if you go to jzabinsky.dolios, it's going to show you both the progress for digitalisman. And then, also, uh, and then also any other coursework that I provide is gonna be all up on there.
3: Awesome, you should um,
0: do a guest lecture at my Hermetic Mystery School one of these months.
2: Oh, what do you wanna do? Well,
0: do you have any anything, subjects in mind? Anything you wanna present. Uh, it's, a, it's sort of a master class type of group. Uh, most people in it have a lot of experience. Some are more new, but we teach in a, eh, I teach in a certain way, right, you know, because I have a Mm -hmm. scholarly nature so I tend to not show people just one way of doing thing or the right way of doing thing I tend to give them a survey of ways of doing things, and then then go into the uh, breakdown of my experience other people's experiences and the different ways you can test different formats of magic to see which uh, might work best for you or whether or not you want to work with it at all because right. some that's why like you know I think I tell people like you should try Enochian magic long before you have all the tools because the last thing you want to do is spend all that money and time making them and then be like oh this isn't really for me or I'm not getting much getting out of it, out, out of it yeah. honestly if you can't do Enochian magic without a table of practice and all the bells and whistles you probably can't do it with them though I do <laughs> I also acknowledge You know, it's like my old bishop used to say to me, if you're not a priest going into your ordination, you're certainly not one coming out, which is uh, awesome, but radical statement, right, but it makes sense in in a certain paradigm. And, and so, uh, you know, yes, I can see the argument that someone who might not be very good with magic or quite or might be new to it, might have a much higher chance of being successful with all the bells and whistles and doing everything by the book. That Mm -hmm. is true. However, if you can't get can't get anything out of it just doing a pared down sort of lawn milo De way with a paper ring maybe maybe it's not for you so don't yeah. go don't go spend thousands of dollars making and buying all the tools right or let alone right. pure gold rings and shit like that so. that's
2: that's actually been a I, i'm glad to hear you say that um i think that so so that so two things come to mind that like i feel like I feel like like isn't they're not talked about enough, and they need to be talked about more. Mm. Um, and one is how to how to explore how to explore systems that, that you've never seen before.
1: Yeah,
2: um, you know how to go about how to go about investigating, and then and also like how to um, how to bring the things that you uh, the tools that you already have on the table um, to bear with new systems. Um, yeah, that's something I feel like that's something that's not really talked about much because like, because it could take you, you know, it could take you six months to six months to a year of good work to understand a system, or it could take you 10 years of bad work, you know, um, it just depends on how you approach it. So it's like the first thing that that like I feel like needs to be talked about more. And then the, the next, the the other thing that needs to be talked about more is results. Yeah. What yeah. exactly happens in the world when you perform a magical act? How do you know that you've you know How do you know or actually not know that you've succeeded? Um, how do you how do you know that you failed? You know what are sort of the um, one thing I've definitely found with, with magic is that there's no there's no easy answers, right? Like 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 you you perform a magical act and you perform a magical act, you see something like blatantly obviously happen that 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 involved that act. Um, how do you know that? How do you know that the the act that you that magical act that you performed actually brought about that result
0: instead of just correlation, right?
1: exactly yeah, and
0: we had an interesting case with that um well we we have interesting cases like that every time we do ritual work because every time we do ritual work something remarkable happens and you're like huh causation correlation so again i think this is this is a subject that has been healthily tackled by everyone from israel rigardi to francis king and just uh, so many the list goes on and on how many people have tackled the metaphysics of of how magic might oh work? sure yeah um like and i don't mean metaphysics in this in the new age sense i mean in the proper sense of how does this affect reality um, right you know right. and and but cuz and of course what that the, the problem is when you ask that question you are then asked to bring up the bigger question which is metaphysics what is reality
1: mm-hmm. right? right and yeah. then
0: then you're yeah. in a real shit show in the in the real soup yes. of time because it's like as soon as we participate in things, we become, become part of things in a way that we wouldn't be otherwise. So the fact that we, every time we do ritual work, we r- get results um, congruent with what we wanted the spirit to do. Mm-hmm. So in a, yeah, d- if we didn't do that work, good example, we worked recently with a k- king of the fairies, an Irish king of the fairies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it was during Ida, you know, Hurricane Ida, right? And mm-hmm. one of our members who was performing this cyber ritual with us, was you know basically in the path or is pretty close and while working with the king we just wanted him he's a clear he's very much a clearer of the pathways this king this fairy king and so we were like help people get a safe way that's that's help people get to, not to safe way get them to safety help people get to safety because like show them the way and he said very clearly to us we he can do more and basically said he could affect the actual storm we're like we'll do that then Like summon all your airy and earthy spirits to you and get your fairies to do some stuff. Then we stopped the operation. The whole operation is less than an hour, about an hour, less than an hour. Before the operation, it was a a four. Afterward, when he said that, right after he said that, we checked and it dropped to a three and lost 15 MPH. And it dropped to a stage three, right? It was almost like he wanted to prove to us that he could do something objective, you know, to show off a little bit yeah Um, who knows how much that helped things if at all plus i also believe that probably more magicians were doing magic for hurricane ida than have ever collectively done magic for maybe anything ever because i know a lot of magicians did stuff during the trump years and uh (laughs) but but to different to counter causes there was you know you got david griffin doing saving saving trump Helping Trump from all against all the evil witches and wizards, and then the ones all working against him. But with with Hurricane Ida, I don't think any magicians were doing magic to make the hurricane more destructive. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and never in history has there been so many well trained practitioners around, and even just your average. Uh, dirt magician <laughs> remember that term or hedge witch doing anything is going to make some sort of difference i believe so think of all the people that we're actually trying to make a difference there and that that i think is worth considering too but yeah so yeah what do you what do you conclude from from these workings with spirits you know uh, to me it just always goes back to the metaphysical question really about what is reality and and i think the 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 understanding of magic will come not when we understand magic better but when we understand just what reality is mm. or or, or mm-hmm. what uh, sir roger penrose always says is what the matter is because he doesn't like being called a materialist because he says we still don't know what the matter is so don't call him a materialist that's very interesting it is very interesting right I've i never, thought you'd like that yeah. yeah i love that he he is a famous materialist but he doesn't like the, the word because he's like we don't know what the matter is we don't know mm-hmm. what metaphysics is um, mm-hmm. in its in a technical mm-hmm. sense. We just don't. Right. And right have, yeah. Questions like, and answers.
2: Yeah. I, I, I don't think I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Like I have no answer to this mystery.
0: I think we're um, still not asking the right question. I think that's what it comes down to honestly mm-hmm. with all this stuff. I think mm-hmm. we haven't asked the right questions and I don't think anyone has the right questions to ask yet. And that's the biggest hindrance. Interesting. So I love science. I'm a big fan. I'm just, uh, you know, just
2: a layman, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But what are the shortcomings in the questions that you see?:
0: Many. Um, mm-hmm. We don't understand the relationship between the perceived reality and and not an objective or non-perceived reality we don't understand what reality would really be like without our perception of it right mm-hmm. like when you think of how animals let alone spirits might perceive reality right and it only takes a little psilocybin or dmt to see reality in a vastly different way from a whole mm-hmm. different like i mean well dmt you're not even in your body and it's like you're ripped out of your body Mm-hmm. like dmt is the only time i've ever other than astral travel i've been in a spiritual state where i could turn around wow yeah like, freaking turn around because normally there's the seat of the perceive of the soul perceiving right. it consciously right you're you're, um, you're looking
2: you're looking through the window a little bit differently that's what yeah. that's what it normally is
0: yeah so mm-hmm. that's that's one um another another one i guess would be these great questions uh good, yeah I missed you, bro. <laughs> um, God. Well, we don't understand. Um, I guess this this the, the whole vibration. Yeah, we don't know what the matter is. We don't know what it is. Yeah, we don't know anything about really how it works. We're just starting to understand it. Uh, I think we'll we'll once we once we can see dark matter, we'll know so much. I think but we'll that, just be throwing out a lot of the old questions
2: that goes those two those two things like that that we just don't understand the nature of matter um it's related to your earlier quest your earlier problem of uh that we don't understand the nature of perception um we don't we don't know what the world like like you said before we don't know what reality is like outside of our perception yeah we don't even know that that reality exists it's a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're assuming that it does because just because you live in the world and, and and things change, things change outside your perception, and so therefore it's therefore there there must be some objective sense. But of course, you can never prove that because
0: I address it a little bit in my one of my books um, where I where I write about uh, aporetics, the uh, the mm-hmm. study of openings and stuff. I talk about the idea of the core, of the abyss philosophically speaking, between uh, the, the perceived objective and the perceived subjective and and the conflict that arises um, not only in the interpretation of reality, but the experience of reality, right? So um, creating openings or having questions is very similar. The metaphysical openings and questioning as a mental pursuit, a practice are very similar Processes it, it appears, right? When we have something in reality, a metaphysical ap- aporetic or aporia, an opening, is something we don't understand about reality. Anytime there, we don't get why apples fall from the trees, like I think we we still don't even really understand gravity or whatever that is. Exactly. Uh, apparently, there's new theories coming out, and some of the stuff in geometric unity is just mind-boggling. Like you know, we might be throwing out old science altogether at some point in the future, um, um, and that might be, some, be something that we can't reconcile in this lifetime, in this world, right? That might be the case. That might, might go back to St. Paul, seeing through a glass darkly. And when we die, we see the fullness. Uh, one of my fun th- thought experiments these days has been to say, to say, what if one of the preconditions of, of existence after we die, because there's preconditions in this life that connect us all to a consensus, for example, like gravity, um, hunger, these basic things that we all understand tactile touching your space my space you know um i can't occupy the same space that your body occupies right and uh we have limited knowledge based on our experiences and knowledge and and, understanding but what if one of the preconditions of of existence after this life is is omniscience what if that's what if that's like gravity or air to spirits and they they you know especially human souls what if what if as like, as, soon as we die, we actually know have access to all knowledge. We're like, oh, this is this is like the air we breathed breathed when we were alive, but mm-hmm. now it's this sea of gnosis, and like that's what was so fun about being in this body was that you didn't know everything, so everything was exciting again, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's why like, spirits are waiting in line to uh to to to, to have their goof embodied,
2: because then you just won't know. Well, I guess so there, there's I mean the, there's beauty in the mystery right
0: you could say that is the greatest beauty
1: mm-hmm. yeah you
0: know, the mysterion
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I'll send you a copy if you if you want some time boom
1: well sure of,
0: ethics of understanding god which was originally titled uh, semiotic study of hermeneutics and mystical dialogue I like the Sem- first semiotics is my mean yeah well that's what I that was the publishing title after there's <laughs> the academic title then there's the popular title right yeah. you don't want to call something uh, you know uh, yeah <laughs> you don't want the word semiotics and hermeneutics in a published title unless you're only writing to academics which uh, you know so yeah if you, say,
2: if you send me um if you send me yours then I'll send you I'll send you a copy of the dictionary if you want it deal okay great
0: I love you that's beautiful. Be too. Yeah. Um, we have a little bit more time. Um, so if you want to explore that idea a bit more, we can, I'd say it's an interesting one. And we we'll definitely have to do another round in the future, uh, uh, on this stuff, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. I I'm fascinated by Dr. Otto and, and Marcel Mos had some classical theories, but I liked, uh, uh, Dr. Otto's he's in Leipzig and I got to be there a couple of years ago. Um, though so i didn't have time to go into the archives and look at the kelly documents if i had had time i should have oh. i should have made the time while i was on tour in 29 19 18 19, uh in leipzig to copy all of kelly's manuscripts so i could then you know translate and publish them because mm. um, no one i think has done that yet of kelly's stuff that's in leipzig um his alchemical writings but mm. uh, anyone could. But. Dr. Otto is the main esotericist at the University of Leipzig, and he considers uh, magic to be an empty signifier, which is a semiotic term, right, which uh, basically implies that there isn't um, any substance to the idea in itself intrinsically, and that it is purely constructed um, through the semiosis of human agreement. You know, we we just feel it's, it's an empty term that we can just that therefore sucks in any other meaning that is given to it and therefore might be sort of useless so he plays with that idea but also lets it sort of he studies it in te- in with within contention of the the lived practitioners who you know as he admits are not a bunch of uh you know incredulous occult tasters as Dion Fortune's Dion Fortune's phrase um but are actually educated he always says that like with surprise they're educated these are, they have degrees and they're still doing magic. <laughs> this is strange. He, he even said he recently was interviewed by Dr. Puka on Angela's Symposium, which is an up and coming great channel, really. Um, especially like that, she only appeals to academic sources, uh, which pisses off so many magicians, right? Just like Dr. Sludge pisses off so many magicians when they're like, So, which orders would you like to join? He's like, None. I don't believe in this stuff. I'm a dialectical materialist. This is nonsense. <laughs> Even my wife's a rabbi, and I don't really believe in that stuff. Not (laughs) intellectually, physically, like, you know, it's like, it's frustrating to a lot of magicians, but I think we need those perspectives very crucially to keep us grounded, and yet also not be limited by those restrictive methodologies, because their base assumptions are often so fucking absurd, the academics who study esotericism, and I don't want to piss any of my friends off in that field. Uh, i love you all but um some of the base assumptions are just you could only make if you've had no contact with magicians and magical communities like is serious mm, ones mm-hmm. like like the when they talk about reenchantment versus disenchantment when they talk about oh just everything it it just reeks of like you, none of this is seems at all relevant to me or these are not the relevant questions to ask which is why we also need practitioners who are also scholars but understand both methodologies and can can explore that that liminal space. So, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he did say yeah.
0: he's open to getting a bunch of people in a room and having them all do sigils and then seeing if what works, which is of course not how we do these things, but I, his point is made and it's cool that he'd be willing to do tests. For example, we just made some sigils recently in my group and People. Some people let them settle for a few days. I, I like to let mine settle for a few days. Some people decide to wear those right away, and they're hot. They're physically hot.
1: Oh, you I feel see.
0: really hot. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's your thing to study. Sure. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? What does yeah. that mean? How do you study that? I'm sure you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't make sense that a piece of paper one minute feels one way, and then after you do a bunch of prayers. And attack it with the sign of the enterer all of a sudden it's really hot against your skin right yeah and yeah. everyone experiences this mostly what's up with that well study that someone should study that anyway uh dr otto if you're listening
2: <laughs> um you bring you, you bring up people getting together and and all making sigils together um, Dude, we
0: did this on zoom we do cyber magic oh really yeah, we do. We we tried one cyber magic experiment. It was so overwhelmingly effective. We do one a month now.
2: Huh? Yeah. What do you do? I mean,
0: mostly uh, we've been doing a mixture of uh, we. Well, yeah, we sort of have been alternating between uh, fairies and uh, Enochian know, purest angelic magic
1: mm-hmm. because we're you
0: know um, every like for example, I was able within with a few months of prep, and uh, and that's sort of like going through pretty much every book written uh reading everything yeah including like Whitby's doctoral thesis instead of his synopsized abridged published book of diaries like you know download the doctoral thesis go through all the relevant parts of that and every other relevant published book I mean I take this is what I mean by take a it's tedious for a lot of people and my approach is not good for everyone for some people they should go to Marco Visconti or or uh prater xavier or whoever whoever else they want 22 teachings is a popular one that i hear good things about um but my approach is to lay out usually the full spectrum of the, yeah. of the study i want people to know how i got to where i got to with these things yeah and i that's why i cite my sources and references and don't pretend it's all just my own genius sure um, I, I, I criticized a lot for quoting so much i'm like It's because I know where my ideas come from and I know they're not mine, you motherfucker. It's like, it's not because I'm trying to fill up my books with unoriginal thoughts taken from some other people. It's because academics are trained to identify where all their thoughts came from. And if you fail in that, you fail.
1: Mm, F, mm -hmm.
0: right? If you write an idea down in a book and it turned out it came from somewhere and you didn't notice, it's an F. You fucking failed. That's not how (laughs) academia works. I'm sorry, it's true. It's like getting an answer to a math equation wrong. Well, that's even changing these days, but... Let's not go there. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) There's different right answers depending on your socioeconomic background. I don't think that's how math works, but anyway, anyway.
2: My my background's going to move around a little bit. I'm just going to plug in. Yeah. Um, But I I notice there's an interesting... Having known you for as long as I've known you, I noticed that there's a... You have a meticulous and a thorough nature. Mm, Thank you. Um, And like, I... I feel like I feel like a big part of that was I feel like a big part of that was your magical training oh yeah Um, I mean not to not to um, I don't know not to I'm not saying I'm not saying that the degree of training that we both went through is something that's generally good for everybody
0: Um, certainly not
2: but but at the same time
0: at the same time.
2: Brought you to the office. All right.
0: How officious.
2: Um yeah, I feel like I feel like we've covered so much ground.
0: You said you said the amount of training is not good for everyone at the same time, then I lost you mid sentence
2: oh okay uh at
0: the same time
2: oh but it but at the same time it teaches you it teaches you how to go beyond yourself when it comes to work
0: yeah 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 honestly bro um i would not have probably even survived my younger life without having without the golden dawn um Mm. like i was coming from, there was a lot of abuse going on um when I was young, and Golden Dawn very much gave me the power, and the confidence, skills, uh, training, self-awareness, learning responsibility, um, and being able to problem solve ex- situations that no kid could solve on their own. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, and then when when life threw me some serious curveballs later on, like when I was, the doctors told me I would had a, like, only a few years left. I wouldn't have survived that and struggled to look for a way out of it. That wasn't for the magical background, even though I could barely move for several years during that nightmarish time in my life. And so I really do attribute the the magical training to getting me through that period. Because there was many, many a days, if if you you can't really move much for a few years, it it becomes very likely you're not gonna see a reason to stick around, right? Especially since once you get disabled at all, people pretty much drop you like a fly, like family and friends usually Hmm. um in my Mm -hmm. experience um it's just too much hassle you know people i don't i don't really hold it against people people we all have these short lives to live and want to enjoy them and you know and if someone's in chronic pain all of a sudden other you know what can you do you know but the magic definitely definitely gave me the willpower to resist just packing it in um and to look for solutions even when i was being told by doctors there were none. You know, yeah. like just fucking die. Um, <laughs> like they basically were saying that. Like, sorry, kid, game over. Um, and uh, yeah, the meticulousness. I mean, that came a lot from grad school, but but the magical training is it does it does remarkable things for your willpower and for your problem solving abilities. Not necessarily finding magical solutions per se, but but just being willing to not give up. Like, you know don't be afraid of failure um, and mm-hmm. persevere i mean these are the lessons to not be afraid to, to 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 face your fear and to not give up are the two main princip- guiding principles in the golden donut series mm-hmm. from the beginning like why else would they be the two main lessons you're taught in the beginning right right if it wasn't because that is the answer to pretty much everything you're going to face in life right
2: yeah. And it's, it's like, and it's, um, yeah, it's frustratingly simple sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't have the answer yet? Well, just keep going. Just keep going. I know you're, you're despairing. Do you want to stop? Do you want to give up? Do you want to possibly commit suicide? Nope. Just keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when, it when, when you're at a place in life where you, can only see and everyone informs you that every day will not only be as bad as today, but worse. Mm -hmm. How do you live under those circumstances? And I think that's, those are circumstances a lot of people are living under and Mm -hmm. there's no solutions presented by society or even religion anymore for how to, how to try and survive and uh, succeed, if that is a word you can use in such horrific conditions, but just Yeah, persevere through those conditions it's just and and if magic if this magical occult revolution that's going on in the world can do one good thing it might be to help show some people some ways of of persevering and uh and looking for options even when you're told there are none right
2: yeah Um, yeah
0: And that's what magic's always been, right? It's people uh, at the limits of science or or current contemporary understanding in any given place in time trying to go beyond, right? That's something I think is really important that people forget Mm -hmm. is that D and all of those people were not um, idiots. They were, in fact, the height of learning in their age.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah. They
0: went went to spirits because they'd run out of all other options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very... Interesting. Yeah. What? Uh. Yeah. Any Any other? I'm just curious. Any other? Any other memories of me from 20 years ago when I was a.
2: <laughs> um. Oh. Well, you
0: must have been through uh, some initiations where I was an officer, I guess.
2: Um. That sounds right.
0: Because you were at Vancouver's Temple Teututi for 99 and 2001.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Cool.
0: Yeah, well it's cool to I wish I could remember some of the rituals we would have done together but uh they were probably largely attended. Um
2: I feel like uh oh we did a Celtic mystery like...
0: ceremony in 99 as well as 2001 I think, maybe just 99, but if, hmm. if if you were there in 99, you would you probably went through the first uh full performance of my first Celtic ceremony, Celtic mystery ceremony using Gates's uh system.
2: Um so so two things two things come back from my memory uh the, the first is that uh i'm pretty sure that i was initiated into practicus at Tahuti. Cool. that happened i think yeah and then the other thing the other thing that i remember mm-hmm. uh the other thing that i remember is this was at this was in ontario um california yeah we uh there was, I remember that there was an invocation of Thoth and that, and that I think you were going to, you were essentially like channeling Thoth at this time. Um, And like all these people lined up behind you and they, uh, or not behind you, all these people like lined up at the altar and you just like whispered these little things to them. Um, and I have never, (laughs) I've never completely forgotten what it was that Thoth said to me at that time, he said, uh, he said, you can be with your family and also be of service. Um, which is like, I, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's fine. It's perfectly good advice. Um, the thing that, the thing that that experience taught me was that was the first time that that was the first time that a spirit had come to me and pointed out, pointed out, um, that there's what you believe to be the, what you believe to be the strictures of a situation. There's, uh, there's the actual strictures And then there's something somewhere in between and that what you believe to be true is not always what's true. That's what, that's what, that's what I remember that you said to me, see, so you did, you had a lasting impact.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I still, uh, (laughs) I, 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 what can I say? I, uh, I'm still up to my old tricks, I guess, um, that's, uh, you know, that's what, that's what we do. Um, then the spiritual information really is about not something complicated or right. Uh, it's, it's about like, you know, getting the right information at the right time. And uh, if you can right. take that moment, then, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we did stuff like that a lot at, in the old days there and uh, that we were, that we were rigorously trained in it, like brutally trained in it because the last yeah. thing we want is some, you know, egotistical fuckhead, just like, inventing shit and literally making it up without proving that they can do the operations and and get actual you know content.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you get closer to the truth, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh and you, we 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 did test that stuff. We did test that stuff. Um yeah, but that's another thing. That's another whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. I, it's really cool to, to hear that stuff. And I've really enjoyed the last few years connecting with people from the, the past uh, Magical Order yeah. days and all of these things. It's been a, it's, uh, you know, I never wanted to not be in touch with all all of you guys. But um, due to he who must not be named, uh, shit, that's how shit had to be. And uh, so thank God that time has moved on and all of us who were young pups are now... Um, you know doing things and talking with each other and being like oh yeah taking ownership of our magic again is very much something i had to do in the hermetic Mm -hmm. and ceremonial world like i had no problem just doing my own little bardic thing and working with uh, celtic fairy spirits for a long time and learning how to integrate my magical skills with performance and uh and uh which is a really cool skill to have man if you can if you can it's like once you know how to like we don't have any you know, once you know how to summon spirits or work with different energies, you can only get better at it, right? It's pretty reliable that it's yeah. going to work once you know a lot of the stuff on how to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, it's like that with performance, too. Once you get to that skill level where you can bring down a house consistently over and over again, it- then the magic you know the magic and the music really merged together and that was something that just consumed me and that was no problem making it my own but I was always a scared to scared. it was Edward who got me back into the 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 hermetic world really by sure. saying look I need a break um can you can you can you sort of get your butt in action and share some of what you have to offer with the world and I was like no I was like no he fought <laughs> me for a year and a half or maybe two years before eventually uh, I started you know, tapping in and seeing if it, was, if it was the right thing for me. And uh, yeah, and uh, it, it really was. Um, it, it, a lot of things, it's, it's very clear. My life is never, is much worse when I'm not practicing magic. Things do not <laughs> go as well. Um, yeah. that's, that's a fact. It's not the other way around. I don't know why you have all these people these days saying, everyone who practices magic's life falls apart. It's like, I don't know. Uh, maybe everyone who practices it badly as we've discussed is like, like, uh, again, if people don't take the advice uh, offered and then just go do what they want to do and shit, then they uh, things fall apart. Well, that's why, that's why.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I think that, I think that one of the major reasons why people's lives fall apart when they, when they work with magical forces is that those magical forces are built on a solid foundation. Um, they're, they're, they are where reality comes from and so if your life is not built on a solid foundation it will quickly fall apart because it because because you're 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 coming you're you're coming up against the wall of you know you're coming up against something that's very strong and very well established um so yeah it falls apart and then guess what happens it comes right back together and it's freaking amazing
0: <laughs> awesome yeah amen amen well on that note that's a great note to leave it on brother sure yeah yeah i mean what a wonderful <laughs> i can't believe the time flew. it has been three hours already wow yeah awesome over three hours so yeah what a great
2: man i catch up yeah i love rekindling friendships like this i really do um yeah and uh, you know like any anytime you want to talk about stuff whether it be whether it be magical whether it just be like i can't believe that my garbage man left the garbage that's all fine i i would love to hear from
0: you i sounds like a plan man there's i i pay I, I pay extra every month so i have u.s unlimited calls and uh, i make good use of it calling many many people in the states and, <laughs> and uh, what else can you do after being locked inside for almost two years right um yeah I mean, you're like, right yeah just, like i told, like i lost my job with covid and I still i'm not allowed to work wow okay that's crazy yeah well canada okay. eh? You know, I'm not even allowed to go to the <laughs> bar, or the restaurant, or to a film theater here. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, that's yeah. not good good situation for a performer. I know there's some ways to get around it and all that stuff, but uh, uh, people are self-enforcing it. Like venues are self choosing to not hire uh, mm. uh, unvaxed performers, and musicians are choosing getting pressure to not work with unvaxed performers. Like the new super comic new man comic has him fighting the the like demonic unvaxed. <laughs> that's the new enemy for superman the unvaxxed it should be that's a, great i, I can't be, imagine it being a long series of comics since i'm pretty sure you could uh, laser us to death pretty fast all of us <laughs> you know oh, oh god yeah. but yeah crazy cultural times i'm glad we didn't talk too much about that sort of stuff well, when i have someone with your uh, expertise and vast knowledges it's really just a, a delight to do a depth talk as you said
2: oh absolutely yeah I mean it's 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 great I, it, in um in New England there's there's not there's not a lot of this but w- so so um so I always I always love my old friends um but Jason Miller does live in Vermont so it's not totally quiet
0: yeah I got his strategic sorcery here I couldn't get through it not oh really of, not a fan of Jason Miller um but you know that's okay uh like we that's the thing that's the that's why i love the occult revolution there's if someone's not your style there's someone who is like you know we have a variety of people uh, oh absolutely have so many options that are reliable options they're reliable yeah
2: i think that i I think that like having um having learned a thing or two from jason i would say that he would probably say the exact same thing you know um and and also impressed with himself either
0: i mean, you getting so much trouble he's, for this one
2: he's he's as impressed with himself as we are of ourselves so that should tell you something
0: i love it all right um cool um yeah <laughs> well we probably should end this off so i can get some uh kick cooking for the family here so
2: okay sure brother got- yeah
0: I'll, I'll yeah. give you a call some we'll, we'll talk more uh, inner order shit and trade trade interesting techniques and stuff sure um, yeah absolutely, jazz. absolutely. Jazz. we
2: can trade mm-hmm. interesting techniques or just like like honestly like memories come back to me all the time and I'm like I wish that I could talk to somebody about it well you're somebody that that I could talk to about it
0: yeah yeah definitely I was there cool you yeah. must be taking your ginkgo and uh not smoking the devil's lettuce then
2: yeah, it's I, it's mostly the lack of devil's lettuce, I think.
0: Well, we might do a thing here uh, on one of the islands uh, next June. Maybe you can come visit, and we'll uh, cool. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, get you to do some legal five meo DMT.
2: <laughs> great, great.
0: Um, when in Canada? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I would I would say I would say as long as they come back in one piece. But you know what? I've fallen apart and come back together enough times that I'm not even concerned with that anymore.
0: Oh, we could go on all day. I love it. I love yeah. it, brother. Thank you for being on Magic Without Fears. And, You're
2: welcome.
0: Uh, everyone knows how to find you. I'll put some links below if I bother. If I don't, that's uh, life. Sure. Everyone knows yeah. how I roll. Okay. So, yeah. Um, right. And uh, a lecture, a guest lecture would be great uh, to my Hermetic Mystery School. They, we had one from uh, Edward last uh, month and I'm trying to get a guest lecture every month. It's basically like, you know, half hour presentation and then half hmm. hour Q&A or some version of that. Um, if I could, it goes, if it goes oh, an hour and a half, people usually don't mind. People, you know, usually, you know, but I can totally you know. do that. Sure, that'd um, be awesome. Um, yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, I, yeah, uh, whatever. If you need, <laughs> Agrippa, celestra Matt, at this point, at this point, you have an idea. So,
0: I think Agrippa would be a good one for people. Would love to hear about that, especially from someone who knows it as well as you do.
2: Sure. Not to mention
0: the Purdue book coming out and everyone getting excited to be on the CIA watch list.
2: Yeah. I bet bet Purdue would be, would be thankful.
0: Um, Yeah. If CSIS, if you're listening, CSIS, um, we're just joking. All (laughs) All right, brother. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Have a wonderful night and I'll talk to you again. All right.